Tonight, a tragic crime. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. No! And a trail of clues. Can you track the killer? Do you think because I wasn't in football practice that I killed my girlfriend? Nominated for 14 Emmy Awards. You gotta let me in on whatever the hell is going on here. We got a lot to talk about. It's Twin Peaks next. Welcome back, everyone, to Back in Style, the Twisted Mug Media Network's Twin Peaks podcast. Uh, I am Logan, Twin Peaks veteran. I am Matthew, Twin Peaks newbie. You're my daddy. I'm Ryan, a Twin Peaks newbie. <laughs> and uh, tonight we are talking about the season two finale of Twin Peaks, uh, Beyond Life and Death. Um, this is going to be a fantastic episode. Uh, we love doing this where we can, you know, it hasn't happened as much since we've been doing, you know, all our podcasts over Skype. Um, but we love to just watch an episode and then record, uh, you know, an episode of this show immediately after. Wrong. And we we love getting those raw reactions, um, and that is exactly what we're going to get. We've we've barely said a word Matt is about in a this episode. Right now. I am. Matt is in a trance. I think we are all sort of in a trance, uh, and we, you know, we 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 have barely said a word about this episode to each other, and so. Uh, you know, we just finished watching it about 10 minutes ago, maybe. And, uh, yeah, we're really, really excited to get into this one. Oh, yeah. Um, guys, we have been... This is it. This is the end of season two. Jesus Christ. I can't believe we made it. We finally made it. it it's been a very long time. Um, it's, it's been, been a long like time five coming. months for me, you know? Imagine stretching yeah. that out into two years, <laughs> Floyd. Two years. This show feels like it's a part of my life. Like it, it kind of is. It feels so like integral to me. It's been like a me. tenth of your life. You've watched Twin Peaks. Oh my god, I can't. Well, I, yeah, even yeah. a little more so for me. I can't even like wrap yeah. my head around the show as a whole, and the way it ended here. Like, like Floyd said, Thank I am god, in a trance. A I, I, I may have lost all ability to speak coherently. Holy shit, that was an episode. Well, I. Yeah, I know that we're we have a lot to talk about with this one, and it's going to be really exciting to talk about all of the amazing stuff that happens here. But um, we do have some orders of business to get through before that. We've been reading the Log Lady intros uh, for every single episode. Um, you know, basically just uh, Catherine Coulson as the Log Lady, sitting in front of a fire with her log, um, reading stuff that David Lynch wrote. Uh, normally. Uh, thematically connected to the episode in some way, and I think we'll see that this week too. So, uh, without further ado, I will read uh, the Log Lady intro for this episode, which we all watched together tonight. Yes. Okay. And now, an ending. Where there was once... Wait, where there was once one, there now are two. Where there are always two. What is a reflection? A chance to see two? When there are chances for reflection, there can always be two, or more. Only when we are everywhere will there be just one. It has been a pleasure speaking to you. And it then zooms in on her eye, and she looks scared. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of shit with eyes in this this episode. Yeah, given what we just seen. And I guess we should obviously say spoilers for this episode. Yeah. No spoilers for anything past this. And the entire seasons one and two. Yeah, Yeah. spoilers for all of the 1990s Twin Peaks runs. Yeah, Except nothing for, for the return or firewalk with me. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, what do you guys think about how that 
ties in here. Cooper. Where yeah, there was, was one, there is now two. Has there always been two? Have there always been these two Coopers? The Shadow Self? We speculated. The Shadow Self made an appearance. A lot of mm. a lot of my speculations did not come true, but a good amount of them did. Logan, uh, a lot yeah, of them did. A, a lot of them did, which I, I was happy to see. But this episode threw me for a goddamn loop, man. I, Logan, Logan had said... That don't expect Not Lynch to answer all your questions, and I was like, "Yeah, obviously." Like you know, I understand Lynch keeps it ambiguous. Wow! Like I did not expect it to go this way. I should not have expected a conventional Twin Peaks episode, but that's what I did. I I expected a conventional Twin Peaks episode, and what I got was the best episode of this series. I I think it's the best. I you know it it's up with the you know it's either episode nine or this, and I think it's this one. It, it's the difference. You know, from from last episode, from the last three episodes that weren't directed by David Lynch, every single scene feels like its own thing, right? It's like we got this scene with this plot line, and rarely do they ever intersect. Whenever Lynch fucking directs from the very beginning, there just is a completely different mood. Everything just seems to flow in and out of each other so seamlessly. I was lost in this episode. I mean, it's almost like, you know, throughout the entire episodes, there's this gorgeous, you know, ambient music playing in the background. I felt like I was just fucking floating. What I hate about this series is that the middle of season two is a thing. Like, if if the middle of season two wouldn't be a thing, this would be a perfect show. It like, would be. Like, David Lynch... Okay, so David Lynch didn't direct episodes eight and nine, correct? But it's still... Of season two, yeah. Yeah, season two. Yeah. It still had that the, the grandiosity because of what was happening in those episodes... From even though I like episode ten, from episode ten to episode twenty one, you can feel that David Lynch is not involved, and I think it took this episode of David Lynch just hitting it on all cylinders uh, for me to realize like how much like we we got we got acclimated to mediocrity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think even when we liked an episode, it was like okay, that was good mediocre Twin Peaks, like. It, this show is a whole on a whole nother level when David Lynch is behind the camera or integral in the storytelling. So like even if he wasn't directing the Leland Palm the last two Leland Palmer episodes, you know he was involved. And, and it feels like he wasn't involved for, after that in season two until now. And you can just you can feel the difference. I mean, you can feel the difference immediately in the the pacing and the camera work. Like mm-hmm. David Lynch just likes to put the camera in the corner of a room and just let things play out. And, yeah, thinking back on it, it leaves so many things, like, unanswered. Like, and yeah. not, not in, like, a way that I feel like is, like, a good thing. It's like, oh, you want these mysteries to not be answered. But, like, it's kind of weird that they set up everything with... Oh, man. Yeah, is, is Audrey dead? Is Ben yeah. dead? There are a lot of plot lines. We'll talk like, about them all. And, and, and I expected this to be, like, okay, he's not going to answer them... Like, like he's going to answer them, but in a very ambiguous way that doesn't give a clear answer. This is but like, he just no, he just didn't show you the last scene. <laughs> like, no, he just yeah. like, didn't give you that final answer. Like, I, I don't know what happened. To, like, I just, I, I had no idea the series ended this way on such a, a cliffhanger. What the, I'm so yeah. glad. Like, imagine being around the 90s for this and then having to wait 25 years or whatever until the return. Yeah. Holy moly. And then you hear, oh, there's going to be a Twin Peaks movie and it's just a prequel. 
Oh my god. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot, but sort of the knee-jerk reaction of people wanting answers, and then, you know, David instead decides to, he instead decides to to flesh out the the prequel storyline, which I, I think it's a great move, and... You know, I get it, I but I feel like what the return is... really gets right is that now Lynch has, with the return, Lynch has complete creative control. I mean, him, mm-hmm. him and him and Mark Frost. Mark Frost kind of always gets thrown under the bus a little bit with with this stuff. But it, I always think of, like Lynch is like he is the one who is dreaming all this stuff up, and Mark Frost, I think, Puts reels it him in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and and he says like you have to make this like a story. You can't just make weird shit. Um, which, you know, it is weird shit. Um, Which is but, all of Lost Highway, but yeah. <laughs> Mark Frost was yeah, not involved so, in Lost Highway. So, I mean, you can understand... There was sort of a sense, I think, among Twin Peaks fans, and we're all way too young for this. You know, we were all born, you know, nine to ten years after the show ended. So, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting to interesting to, to think about that. But, yeah, man, I... I really I love the stuff that this leaves unanswered. Like even if there weren't a return that gives some answers to some of this stuff, I don't know. I think I, think, I, I would still love this. Okay, tell me like we're going to know just the the nature of the return. We're going to know if Ben died when it when he hit his head. We're going to know if Audrey died in the explosion. Yeah. We're going to know, I mean, I'm assuming that, I mean, it's an easy out for them with Jack Nance dying in between the two series to have him and Andrew die in the explosion. Well, and also they're both old. They probably would have died in universe in yeah. 25 years. Yeah. yeah, either way. But like in terms of Audrey, Ben, what's going to happen with, um, I, I would say Audrey and Ben are the two biggest question marks, like beyond Cooper in the story, you know, from there. I think Audrey is I, definitely alive. I think Ben is definitely dead. I think she is. I think I think I agree with that. But you see the thing is though, I feel like if Ben is dead, I feel like one very missed opportunity is to have him in the Black Lodge there. I I want to talk about the all of these things later cuz there's okay. definitely a lot to talk about. Okay. But yeah, we'll okay, we'll get to wait. that for now. Sorry. For now, no, I mean it's so like understandable like we I'm so excited to talk about all of this stuff. Um, it's just, like, everything in this is amazing. E- even, like, some of the plots that we've rolled our eyes uh, at, like, up until now, I think they really... It's because David get... Lynch is doing it this time. And David yeah. Lynch knows so what he's doing. smart, it's yeah. The, the difference between, I'm sorry, like, an inexperienced director like Diane Keaton just cutting her teeth on a TV episode and David yeah. Lynch making film-quality material. Yeah. So I'm going to go into... Um, the plot summary, extremely long plot summary. Normally, it's like well under a page. Uh, this plot summary is probably the the full length of two pages. Um, from as always, and for the last time, no, actually, sorry, there is a part in here about Firewalk with me. Uh, but for almost the last time, from the essential wrapped in plastic, Pathways to Twin Peaks by John Thorne. Um, now, I normally just read a few of the guest-starring names on here, but I'm going to read all of them just so we can see how many there are. So many starring, starring Cheryl Lee as Laura Palmer. I was right. Guest-starring Heather Graham as Annie Blackburn, James V. Scott as the singer, and Dan O'Hurley as Andrew Packard. Co-starring Carol Stryken as the giant, Hank Warden as the waiter, Ed Wright as Del Mibler, Michael J. Anderson as the man from another place, Frank Silva as Bob, Phoebe Augustine as Ronette Pulaski, uh, Jan Darcy as Sylvia Horn, 
Andrea Hayes as Heidi, Arvo O. Catagisto as the security guard, and Brenda E. Mathers as Caroline. Written by Mark Frost, Harley Payton, Robert Angles, and David Lynch. Directed by David Lynch and edited by Tony Morgan. And here we go with the incredibly long plot summary. Cooper studies the petroglyph and says, Fire, walk with me. Truman remembers there is a circle of twelve sycamores called Glastonbury Grove. Hawk confirms he found the bloody rags and diary pages there after Laura was murdered. The log lady arrives with oil. She says her husband brought the oil back just before he died. At that time, her husband says, the, This oil is an opening to a gateway. Cooper has Ronette Pulaski smell the oil, and she gets scared. She remembers it from the night Laura Palmer was killed. Earl arrives at Glastonbury Grove with Annie. She acts as if hypnotized. Earl says, I tell you they have not died. Their hands clasp, yours and mine. Earl and Annie part red curtains and disappear. Hayward treats Nadine and Mike, while Ed and Norma flirt. Nadine regains her memory. Norma is stunned. That's Act 1. There are four acts, and Act 4 is the longest, so just, just getting you ready for this. Ben and Eileen try to keep Donna from leaving home. Hayward strikes Ben, who hits his head against the fireplace. Cooper finds the grove and then passes through the red curtains and disappears. Truman sees him go. Cooper enters the red room and sees the little man from another place dancing as a man sings a song, Sycamore Trees. Ten hours after Cooper has disappeared, Truman and Andy sit and wait. Audrey arrives at the Twin Peaks Savings and Loans uh, and chains herself to the vault to protest the bank's involvement with the Ghostwood Development Project. Pete and Andrew arrive and enter the vault. They pass Audrey. Andrew opens the deposit box. A bomb explodes and blows out the window uh, of the building. Blows out the windows of the building. Yeah, there we go. At the double R, Bobby tells Shelley they should get married. Jacoby arrives with Sarah Palmer. Jacoby says Sarah has a message for Major Briggs. Channeling an unidentified persona, Sarah says... I'm in the Black Lodge with Dale Cooper. I'm waiting for you. That was a pretty good impression, I think. Yeah? Not bad. Yes. Cooper is seated across from the little man from another place who says, When you see me again, it won't be me. He tells Cooper he is in the waiting room and that some of Cooper's friends are here. Oh. Laura Palmer walks in, snaps her fingers, and tells Cooper she will see him again in 25 years. She says, Meanwhile, and places her hands together strangely. The old room service waiter from the Great Northern Hotel appears and makes a whooping noise and says, Hallelujah. The waiter offers Cooper coffee. He is replaced by the giant who sits next to the little man and says, One and the same. The giant disappears and the little man rubs his hands together. Cooper tries his coffee, but is puzzled as the liquid changes viscosity. The little man says, Wow, Bob, wow, and fire walk with me. Cooper crosses the room and exits. Cooper finds himself in a hallway. He enters a second room, but it is empty of occupants. Cooper turns back the way he came and enters another room. The doppelganger of the little man says, wrong way. Cooper turns back. In the next room, the little man's doppelganger introduces uh, the Madeline Ferguson doppelganger as another friend. She says, watch out for my cousin. Cooper turns back the way he came. The next room is empty. The little man appears and confirms his identity as a doppelganger. Cooper sees the Laura Palmer doppelganger. Her hands are in the same position as when he last saw Laura. She, replete, she repeats the word, meanwhile. She screams and approaches Cooper. The image of Wyndham Earl's face flickers across hers. Cooper runs down the hall and into another room. He staggers, clutches his stomach, and sees blood. Cooper notices a bloody trail of his own footsteps behind him. He turns and follows them back. Cooper enters another room and is startled to see a vision of himself lying beside Caroline Earl. He calls her name, but the vision changes to one of Cooper lying beside Annie, who is wearing the same dress as Caroline. Annie sits up. Cooper yells, Annie. A dissolve edit transitions to a point-of-view shot of the connecting hallway. Cooper calls, Annie, again. 
Cooper enters another room and sees Annie, who is replaced by Caroline Earl. Annie and Caroline exchange personalities as they speak with Cooper. Laura's doppelganger appears and screams at Cooper. Earl appears and tells Cooper he will let Annie live in exchange for Cooper's soul. Cooper agrees. Earl stabs him. There's a shot of explosive fire and the sequence reverses. Earl unstabs Cooper. Bob appears beside beside an agonized Earl. He tells Earl to be quiet and then tells Cooper to go. He says that Earl is wrong. He can't ask for your soul. Bob says he will take Earl's soul. Earl screams as a column of fire appears behind him. Bob pulls his arm away and Earl is silenced. Bob laughs. Cooper turns and walks away. As he leaves, another Cooper emerges from the red curtains. He crouches next to Bob and laughs, then follows the first Cooper. The first Cooper encounters the Leland doppelganger who says, I did not kill anybody. The second Cooper enters the hall. The first Cooper exits as a second shares a laugh with Leland. The second Cooper gives an evil smile to the camera. The first Cooper runs and the second follows. The second Cooper overtakes the first and leaves the red room. Bob laughs at the camera. The second Cooper appears in Glastonbury Grove with Annie lying unconscious beside him. Coop Truman notices their reappearance and rushes to their aid. At the Great Northern, the second Cooper awakens and says he needs to brush his teeth. He enters the bathroom, squeezes toothpaste into the sink, and smashes his head into the mirror. Truman and Hayward are startled. Now bloody, the second Cooper sees the image of Bob staring back at him from the broken mirror. The second Cooper smiles, laughs, and says again and again, this new question we have. How's Annie? And that is the immensely long Ooh. plot summary for this damn near perfect episode of Twin Peaks. Guys, I know we kind of got into it already, but initial reactions to this. Jesus, man. This this episode, it's it's the greatest of the show. It's the best episode of, of Twin Peaks thus far. I, I was... My jaw was just on the floor the entire time from the very beginning completely enthralled by what I was seeing. I, I, I mean, I, I, it's just, Lynch, once again, just with the wholly original visuals, I, I just, I, the images in this episode are haunting. Laura Palmer screaming with these, like, mm. teeth that looks like, look like fangs as the light flickers. I think one of the most beautiful images I've seen in the show thus far is that red curtain materializing ever so faintly in the background of the woods as they just seamlessly slip into it. Oh my god, that was gorgeous. Um, this episode went places I didn't think it would. I, I, it ended so unexpectedly. I, 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 I knew he wasn't going to give us answers, but I thought there'd be more than this. I, I, I'm blown away, completely blown away. Yeah, this is, this is the best episode of the series, I think. Um... Yeah, I, I, it, it was a weird, it's a weird episode because it does start like, like a conventional David Lynch Twin Peaks episode. And then it goes into this almost 20 minute, 30 minute, it feels like version of the, uh, the sequence, the Red Room sequence at the end of the third episode, which is not what I expected. Um, yeah, it leaves a lot of things hanging as we've already talked about. So yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think I would have to agree with you that this is the best episode, uh, at least of the original run. I just, you know, at, at a lot of points during 
us talking about this, I was thinking, I think this is my favorite episode. You know, when we got to the reveal of Leland and then the death of Leland and, um, you know, even the pilot, I was thinking that. And, you know, maybe it'll be really interesting to revisit the pilot now Mm. after this. um, Yeah. And after Firewalk with me eventually. But, yeah, I mean, I I think this has got to be the best. Just it seems like the most... It seems like the the time when Lynch was able to take just the most control. Um, he just seems like he's totally in control of this, and I think it absolutely shows. So I know that we want to get into a lot of detail, and we want to talk about this amazing dream sequence that takes up basically like half the episode. Um, but I think like the last episode we just recorded, I think we want to we should go through the less important scenes trim off the fat sure. and then we'll get to the meat of this episode. Sure. Um, so, you know, we have a little scene right at the beginning here where Andy and Lucy are talking. I don't know if there's anything that special about it. Uh, Who would have seen them one last time? I loved it. There, there's a very somber mood this entire episode. And I, and I thought this scene was great. Just so, so like so quiet. You know, and usually the episode of Twin Peaks starts off and there's music. You know, either it's that 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 like groovy Bobby theme or some sort of eerie music. It was just quiet. I thought that was a perfect intro. Okay, I think it is. I think it is worthwhile because we know that the return is coming. I think it's worthwhile just to note where every character is right now, like leaving the show. So, so Andy and Lucy are together. They're going to have the kid, and I think the kid will be in the return. Yeah. So. Even even though it is somber right now, they are in a good spot. They are okay. Um, um, Hawk is okay. I think we see him here, right? Briefly. Mm-hmm. I think he's in the police station, so he's okay. So I think in terms of just taking stock and where the characters are, I think it's worthwhile just to note where we see each character for the last time. Yeah, and I was actually going to ask that when, when we're in all of these uh, side plot scenes, what you guys think is going to be happening with them in the return. So that's... Uh, so, so you do think the kid will be in it, Matt? Are you of the same opinion? It, it would be so yeah, weird if it not. Okay. It would be so weird right. if not. If it's okay, it at least has to be mentioned. Like, okay, we raised this kid and now it's off doing its own thing, not in Twin Peaks. Like, you at least have to mention it. Like, you can't sure. just drop the fact that they have a, co- a kid together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next sort of nonsense scene. Nadine comes to her senses. Um, an old. Old Nadine is back, still obsessed with the Drape Runners. She no oh longer thinks she's in high school. She's yes. no longer in love with Mike. As we predicted. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, for how much for how much the high school Nadine plot was just a really weird this scene part worked. of Twin Peaks, I think this scene works really well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I said, you know, I was interested to see how they resolve some of these smaller plot lines, and I really think they do it well. Um yeah, I, I thought this was a good scene. And like I said, forgot how normal 35-year-old Nadine was, or 45 or whatever. I, You know, I 35. was like, strange to see her back. You know, it was funny. Oh, Mike, yeah. you had your time, yeah, I but think... now it's over. No more yeah, sex no for more you, of Mike. That, yeah, I was going to say no no more of the crazy sex. Um, <laughs> I think that, just thinking back on it now, you know, obviously besides, like, Cooper and everything involved with the Red Room, I think this is definitely the most tragic that we're left with of these, um, of this group. Maybe, maybe, actually, maybe I forgot. Maybe not Ben and Audrey, because they might be dead. I don't think Audrey's dead. I think that would, I don't think he would kill Audrey, but Ben might be dead. Um, because 
you know, Ed and Norma were finally happy together, Ugh. and Nadine was happy not with Ed, and now that is, that is completely over. And, you know, I just knowing, I feel like knowing the Ed character, I feel like they're going to, when we come back for the return, I think that, uh, did, did, um, I know the actress that played Norma, she passed away. Did she die, or did she get to film the return? She was alive during the return. Okay, yeah. so, okay, so, so we do get Norma in the return, okay. Um, so I I don't know I would if if she had died before that I guess it, it would would have been clean that they could have just had Nadine and Ed together but I have to say I think that Nadine and Ed are still going to be together and and Ed is still going to be the same character that he was before kind of tragically in this cycle that he's never going to be able to get away from Nadine um, who is terrifying uh, as always that makes sense yeah I think that's probably where it's going to be so yeah. yeah so Matt would you would you agree with that assessment. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, maybe we get Hank back in the return. Hank and Hank and Norma back together, so both Ed and Norma are back in their. Licking those dominoes. Yeah. Licking, licking, those dominoes. A, licking all those Stuck dominoes. Stucking on those yeah. dominoes. Yeah. Well, to get to a, a different side plot, we have uh, the Hayward House. Um, yes. Ben is there. Will comes in. He asks forgiveness. Uh, Sylvia shows up. I think for the first time in a little I, while. Dude, when she came on screen, I'm like, who is that? Yeah, and then it took me a minute to be like, "Oh yeah, we haven't seen you since like episode two of season one." I, I forgot that some person existed. So far back, it's it's been yeah. so long. Um, it's so yeah, weird. Because that she's I, such I a non-character. Is, yeah, and I think this is absolutely an incredible scene. I think Will's assault is just well. I get yeah. I don't know. I mostly just love um, Doctor Hayward's acting. Yes. I think. Laura is Flynn Boyle is horrible in this scene. No. She is so bad. How? She says like five lines. I know, and they are oh, I forget what Three the exact Three of which are I am your are I am your daddy. You are my daddy. <laughs> yeah, no, you are my daddy is obnoxious and ridiculous, but that's not even the line I'm thinking of. I think it's like right before um I think it's right before uh Mr. Hayward comes in. She she says some line or like you need to leave or something like so I forget exactly what the line is but she delivered it so I laughed it was that uh, like and I definitely wasn't supposed to laugh like she was I'm just, sorry she was terrible in this scene Can I just say I don't know what it was like in the 90s I wasn't alive but I feel like people can't possibly have said daddy nearly as oh much my as they gosh, say it she in said this daddy show. so much they Everyone say daddy says daddy in this show Yeah like I guess Ben's just a daddy. I don't know. And I guess so. It, it, yeah, Ben Ben gets daddy a lot. Yeah. And Will. Yeah, but Will. so... Yeah, Will. No. Audrey, getting to this, Audrey calls what? Ben daddy a lot, doesn't he? A lot, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and probably John Justice Wheeler, but we didn't get to see that hey. scene. In the Boom. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, so what do you guys think? Is Ben dead? Are they going to deal with it in the return? How are they going to deal with it? What you do you Ben's dead as hell. Ben's dead. He, he's definitely not coming back. I think this is a great scene. This is the, when when uh, Mr. Hayward lets out that scream after he mm-hmm. he kills Ben. Oh my god! Just the perfect amount. It was just so melodramatic. This scene felt out of any of the scenes in this episode. Very soap opery. I, I loved it. I you know I, I thought it was a perfect mix. I mean it was just just cheesy enough. Ben's totally dead. Smacked his forehead on the fireplace. Uh, yeah, he he's not coming back. I, not how I thought this episode was going. I did not think the doctor was going to go crazy. Uh, yeah, so and, and we we'll, don't... So to you, so in your in your hypothesis now, and I'm obviously not going to confirm if anything is 
correct or incorrect, but in your hypothesis uh, version of this, Will Will Hayward is now a killer. He just killed Ben. Yeah, I I mean I I, I don't know if he's around for the return. He's kind of an old guy. Um, but but if he is, yeah, I I mean I guess he'd be in jail? Question mark. I don't know. But I I certainly I mean, maybe there's some deal worked out with the family. But I certainly don't so, think Ben's alive. I I think Ben is alive. Um, simply for the fact that I like I said earlier in the podcast I think we would have seen Ben in the Black Lodge if he was dead um, and I also think that uh, wasn't wasn't Mr. Dr. Hayward there at the end with Truman in the hotel room with he Cooper? was he was so I, I think that I take that as the clue that he did not kill him and that, oh, um, and that Ben would have just maybe have permanent brain damage you know something something to that extent maybe we get um something like that but i do i do think ben will be alive um now that i'm thinking about it uh yeah i think ben will be alive but yeah no i i just simply because we don't see him in the black lodge which i think would have told us a lot if we had seen him because i think everyone we saw in the black lodge was dead other than cooper caroline Annie, well, Annie was taken in there, so she doesn't. Annie was taken in there, but everyone who wasn't taken in there, or a spirit. Yeah, we got we got Caroline. We got well, Wyndham obviously went in. We got uh, Laura. We got Maddie. Mm -hmm. Um, The waiter, but we'll talk about the waiter later. The waiter, yeah, the waiter and the giant are the same person, right? One and the same. Yeah. Yes, I I said that early on, early Mm -hmm. on, my friends. The waiter is the corporeal form of the giant. Although he now appears in this spiritual plane. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. So I think we have two more things to get to before we can talk about Cooper. Because this whole episode is... It's Cooper. It's It's Cooper Cooper. finding clues and it's Cooper going in and... It's Coopers. So Coopers. That's right. Where where there once was one, there now are two. Um, Ah. So let's talk about uh, Andrew Packard and Pete. Andrew steals the key from the cake thing. Pete sees him. I don't know why we need that scene, uh, but then we see Audrey going into the bank, and we see one of my favorite characters, Del Mibler. Del. This this old bank guy who is like who's like ninety. Yeah, and he has an accent. Like he he speaks, and he speaks in a foreign language at one point. Um, <laughs> and I don't know what I don't know what kind of. I assume he's like Eastern European somehow, but it's a. Uh, such a funny scene it's just i i i said we were sort of doing like a a live text thing um while we were watching this for for our listeners at home and uh you know it's i said during this part like and so the saga of old people doing things slowly continues you know we had the waiter at the beginning of the season and so it seems only fitting that we have del mibler uh closing out the season where does lynch find these old people like, uh, who, how, where are these people? Does he just travel to retirement homes and pick them out? <laughs> I guess. Hey, so you're moving people. pretty slowly. Want to be in a movie? Yeah, right? I thought this was a great scene. The transition from, you know, whatever was before this, maybe the woods, into the lady sleeping at the desk, uh, a location that we have never been to before, was so disorienting. And I loved how the camera work just, or the lack of camera work, basically just standing in the corner. And we just slowly realize what's going on. Uh, I thought this was a yeah. great scene. And the bomb is the perfect conclusion to this super convoluted storyline. After all the messes, after all the entanglements, a bomb. Just with the most simple conclusion. It's a bomb. We blow it all up. You die. I love that. It's so yeah, good. And see, what's, 
what's great about it is that it feels like David Lynch being like, okay, daddy's home. I'm going to take care of this. Like, Boom. Like, your, your stupid plot. Yeah, it's a bomb. Everyone's yeah. going to die. I love Audrey. it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll ask again with this plot. Uh, who do you think died? Who do you think survived? Are we going to see them in the return? How is this going to get dealt with? Audrey is alive. She's definitely coming back in the return. Pete, oh, Pete, you didn't deserve this. Oh, this is so sad. Pete's dead, He's though. He's definitely dead, though, because Jack Nance died in 94, 95. Yeah, 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 which is, which is sad. I just, I would, yeah. Pete as a character did not deserve this. Andrew Packard, dead. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I know. I agree with the things you were saying about it being a bomb. It's just, yeah, it's a perfect way to just, like, what was it all for in the end? Just a bomb, just completely brute force. Which is, again, why I'm saying that these middle 11 episodes just are a a weight at the ankles of this show. Like, it it still makes no sense. Like, even with the bomb and the note from Thomas, I don't even understand it. I don't have to because it's all over. It's blown up. I want there to be... I want want someone to cut together, you know, the middle... I I don't even know how many episodes to see. Probably, like, 11. Yeah. Down to, like, 30 minutes or an hour. Yeah, they could literally, they could, like, just cut it down, show me the Wyndham stuff, that's all I really need. Show me the Wyndham and Cooper stuff, uh, get Annie in there. Yeah, um, maybe an hour and a half, maybe, like, missing pieces length. <laughs> yeah, missing pieces length. Yeah, so, you know, but I, I like the way that this, uh, this plot gets concluded. Um, and then one last thing before, you know, before we, we take this main plot all the way through the episode. Uh, here we are, half hour into the podcast, just, um... Yeah. That's okay. There's there's a cool scene in the Double R Diner. Um, yes. Bobby. No, there's actually there's actually another character I want to talk about before we go to Cooper then, too. Well, go for it. Say okay. whatever you need to. Well, okay, no, we, we could do this conversation about the Double R Diner because those are important characters, too. But we also need to talk about the fact that this is the last time we'll see Michael Onkeen. Fuck. That is Harry true. Harry Truman. Shit. Yep, yeah, because he is, he is retired from acting. Yeah, because he's retired from acting. Not because of the character, but because of the actor. So I feel like we should at least talk mention that real quick. So he's alive? No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Michael Onkin's alive. He just retired he, from acting. He's Yeah, he's alive, but he hasn't acted. Bro, come back. They, a very long time. They asked, he at, Lynch at, personally asked him to come back, and he said no. <sighs> yeah. It's, and we, uh, get, um, we get, um, oh shit, Robert Forrester as his brother, Robert right? Forrester. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so a, a a minor like casting spoiler for Tiner, the return. Tiny but, spoiler. Yeah, but uh, so we we won't be getting Harry Truman uh, for the return, which is it. I think that's probably my main. You know, if there's like one thing that I'm really sad about, like, damn, I wish they could have delivered on this. I wish we could have. I wish we could have gotten this back. Uh, it's that he couldn't be there. But it's yes, Robert uh, Forster. Robert, Robert mm-hmm. Forster plays his brother. R.I.P. Robert Forrester. His brother. So, wow. So Sheriff okay. Truman is still in it, just not this Sheriff Truman. Okay. I did not yeah. know that. Well, I mean, I love Robert Forrester. I mean, he's great in Mulholland Drive and Breaking Bad. Um, okay. okay. Alrighty then. That, oh, that, wow. Yeah. That's that's unexpected. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think he's a good kind of spiritual successor to the character, but it is kind of a bummer that um, oh, Ankin is retired. And, I, I, like, you know, I respect that. I respect that he... He, he probably just, like, wants a normal life. And how can you have a normal life if you're, you know, the, the star of Twin Peaks and you're... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's a bummer, but I... I respect <clears> it, <throat> but I feel like... I, I don't know. I feel like there's 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 some things that you come out of retirement for, and I feel like Twin Peaks, The Return, might be one of them. Seriously. I feel you. 
I feel you, but yeah, you know, just especially. It, I'm know, sure. I'm sure Showtime could have caught him a decent check. It's probably better we rip off the bandaid now. That Truman isn't going to be no. So honestly, not this is better. I would have been devastated if I. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty devastating. Uh, but to jump back to the double R, uh, so Garland and Betty are there. Cute, cute Briggs couple. Garland's recovering. Adorable. Um, Sarah comes in to talk to Briggs, and she has this demonic voice. She says, yeah, I'm who in the is Black that again? Lodge with Dale. Well, the captions say Wyndham Earl. So she's, yeah, so she's like channeling Earl's voice. Yeah, who is Sarah again? Who is this character again? Palmer. Why? Mrs. Palmer. Oh, that's Mrs. Palmer. Okay, okay. Dressed in the, as always, in, in, the, in the bathrobe, night robe, day robe, whatever it is. <laughs> Which is a nice connection because if 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 it's Mrs. Paul or Mrs. Palmer going in and talking with Wyndham, Laura is in the Black Lodge, like her spirit is there. And same with Maddie, so I do like that connection a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I I like how this brings it back around to Laura. We even got to see Maddie hashtag Justice for Maddie. Oh my um, God, this wasn't enough because. And the reason why this wasn't enough, because it, it, it took me a minute to, I was like, oh, is that going to be Caroline? And then it was, like, so far away. I'm like, oh, I think it's Maddie. And then it says, it's uh, like, oh, my name is Maddie. I was like, this is all we get of Maddie? No. Poor Maddie. Yeah. And and we do get to see Leland later. Um, oh, one of the best. Let's, let's save it. Yes. Let's save it. We'll save it. We'll save it. But, yeah. Wait, um, so she's so channeling Wyndham Earls. Wyndham Earls speaking through her. Yes. And he says, I am in the Black Lodge. Lodge Wade yeah. Cooper. Dale Cooper. Yeah. Or, may, I mean, maybe she could be Laura. I've never thought about this one a lot. The, the closed captioning on Netflix said Wyndham Earl. Hmm. But what okay. does this even mean? We don't know what happened. She tells Briggs this, ostensibly for to, for Briggs to come to the Black Lodge? And is did is Major Briggs, the actor, isn't alive still, correct? Correct. He, he passed away. Yeah. When did he die? Did he die before the return? Before the return. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately. Fuck. Damn. So we saw the Don. last of him as well. Yep, this was the last of Don Davis as Major Briggs. Oh, Damn. I would have liked to see, because I don't, like, okay, so, so, I, just, ah, I, don't, I don't even know what it's So this scene ostensibly probably means nothing. Damn it. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to, hard to say. I think it makes sense with the effect. But there's actually. No, it does another... make sense with the effect, but, like, the fact that we never get another scene yeah. with him. But I think the more important part that happens here in the Double R Diner is Heidi. This German uh, waitress yeah. who comes in. What the fuck was that? The giggler. The same exact conversation that they had in the pilot. This word for word. Really? Seconds on Knockworth this morning. Too busy jump-starting the old man. I thought you Germans were always on time. All that stuff. Directly copy and paste from character. the pilot. I knew that shit sounded familiar. Yep. <laughs> Shelley, I knew it. And Shelly is wearing Shelly is wearing the same earrings, and oh there's the exact same dialogue. That's um, so great. Wow. With Heidi. Yeah. I love that. Yep. What does this, that mean? Ah. Oh. I think it's just a way to like it's a nice call bring back. it back around. Full circle. Yeah, no, yep. I, I think so. I guess. And uh, here's the thing. I mean, we got two more characters to talk about here. Um, so since we know we're not getting any more major breaks. Um, oh, Russ Tamlin. We got a little more Dr. Jacoby. He brings um, in Sarah yeah. Palmer. Yep. I, I hope that Russ... What do you think... So, so Russ Tamblyn is still alive. What do you guys think... He's still think alive. Okay. Will I, be I think he'll role? come back then. Oh, I What do you so. think he's going to be like now? I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be. I just hope to see him again. Oh, he's going to be okay. same old. Same old Jacoby. Yeah, I think... Eccentric yeah, same, as ever. same Jacoby. Yeah, I can't okay. see him changing. Okay, cool. The way you're um, you, the way you're talking there, it makes me think that there's going to be something significant with Dr. Jacoby. We'll get to it, man. We'll get to it. Okay, I, there's going to be something with him. 
He's one of my favorite parts of the return. Okay, great. I mean, you know what? Saying my favorite parts of the return, every part of the return is my favorite part of the return, but he is... He's really he's good. I can't wait for you guys to see what his role is now. And but, I, okay. I have one small side tangent before we talk about Shelly and Bobby, um, yep. which I do know one spoiler about Bobby, so I won't talk about that um, Shit. for the return. But very simple. But I do know something, so I won't talk about it. But so you you have said Logan off mic that you don't think because of my take on the Tree of Life, and I think it's a shit movie. That I well, won't yeah, like so, return. So to go back a little bit and explain yeah, yeah. this, you just released. You guys just released your uh, best of couple weeks decade. back at this point. Yeah, decade. Yep. Yeah, yeah. A couple weeks back at this point, and um, Matt talks about the Tree of Life as one of his favorite movies of the decade. And Number four. Floyd, you talk about the Tree of Life as one of your least favorite movies. And so, given what you were both saying about it, what Matt liked, what what Ryan didn't like, I was thinking that Matt is going to like the return and Ryan isn't going to like the return. But, so, but here's my question. Is the return like this episode? Okay. Um hard to say. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If the return is like this episode, I'm going to fucking love it. Okay. I think I think you'll love it. Yeah. I I'll I'll give I'll give that a soft yes right now. The I, I, return okay. is not like anything else, though. Okay. Because from what Logan has said, it seems like the entirety of the return is like this episode, whereas yeah, you know, we've only exactly. gotten sprinklings of this. So I, you know, I, I, you know, I wonder when the entire show is defined by ambiguity and these long dream sequences, how that will rub off on both of us. I'm interested. I think yeah. I think I will accept it if that is the tone that is from the onset. You know what I'm saying? I, I hope mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it. Hey, we're going to talk about it yeah. very in depth. But Matt, Matt, what are your thoughts on what's going to be happening with Bobby and Shelley in the return? Uh, I expect them. Yeah. You know, what? I, I don't expect them to be together. Um, I mean, you can't. I don't you think can't, I do either. That's not the yeah, spoiler. Yeah. I know you can't have all these couples stay together. I mean, cause, you know, I, I I mean, it's like a high school sweetheart thing. I think they'll definitely you know not be together. I think Leo will die oh. in the interim. I was gonna say, and Leo, Leo didn't die. That I so thought Leo for sure we were gonna return. see Leo die in this episode. Man, we get nothing of Leo. Wait, and no James, no James is not in this episode. Told ya. Holy shit, yep, James isn't in it. I t- just realized that. Yeah, James just kind of like, James just kind of left. Dude, you, you know I, his character wasn't great. But I feel bad for that actor. I'd be so bummed if I wasn't brought back for the last episode. I'm sure he's in the I return, know. but damn. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be kind of pissed too. I think um, it works. I think it works for James. James's story always revolved around Laura, and without Laura, it doesn't really work. Yeah, I mean, as evidenced as <laughs> the middle part of this season, um, <laughs> more like as evidenced. Oh, terrible, Logan. Nice boo, one. boo. But, but as I was saying, yeah, I don't think they'll be together in in the return. So, yeah. n- let's just go through. Yeah, let's. This let's entire we, thing. we made it there. Let's do it. We got. We've cut the, the shit out of the way. We've shoveled our way through the shit, and now we can get to the good stuff. Um, Not that any so, of that stuff was bad, except it's maybe for Flynn Boyle's performance. <laughs> we have dug our way through the job. fat in the dumpster. We have climbed the fences. We are on the other side. We are making soap. <laughs> we are making We're soap. We're making soap now. <laughs> um, so, beginning at the beginning. Truman uh, tells Cooper that Earl uh, disappeared right after Miss Twin Peaks. And Pete says that the log lady stole his car. But I love this. Obviously, love that, we know yeah. that it wasn't really her. 
yeah, it, there, there's this great eerie tone, and everything feels very somber. Then Pete just walks in. He's like, she stole my car. <laughs> Dodge great pickup. close-ups. I love it. Yeah. Some good close-ups. Yes. Really great close-ups in this episode. Really Beautiful great camera. Some, some for different ex- effects. I mean, as we'll get in, in the Black Lodge, like, that image of Laura Palmer is going to scar me. But, like, here outside of it, like, we get some really great close-ups of, of Cooper. Pure terror, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we have Glastonbury Grove, uh, this reveal that I accidentally name-dropped a couple of episodes back, but that's okay. Um, I didn't notice it. Yeah, I mean, if, even if I processed that you said the words Glastonbury Glo- Grove, that I mean, that meant nothing to me at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. so Glastonbury okay. Grove, uh, in legend, it's the burial place of King Arthur. Um, and there's Which makes no fucking sense, because King Arthur wasn't a real person. Well, it, yeah. And he was in England. In legend. Right. Right. But, you know, this is just a place in Twin Peaks that's named after that, because it has 12 sycamore trees. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, no, they're not literally saying that this okay. is it. <laughs> they were saying that yeah. King Arthur was buried in Oregon. <laughs> I was like, or Washington. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, <laughs> that would be interesting. But but it is the place where Hawk found a bloody towel and some diary pages. So this that location is important. Uh, the log lady brings in some scorched engine oil. Oh, oh my gosh. Wait, yes. this... I I bet that Matt, I bet that this is going to be in Firewalk with me then. I bet that she's going to go to Glastonbury Grove and go into the Black Lodge. Yeah, I bet that Laura Palmer will. Oh oh, Interesting. Um, because he found the towel and the pages there, so that means that Laura was there at oh. some point. I bet you will see that in Firewalk with I me. I mean, she's in the lodge now, definitely. So is Laura. So is Laura alive? Just in the May- lodge? Here's an idea. That maybe Laura is still alive. Yes. Maybe like Cooper, the person that died was the shadow self. Maybe. I mean, because they said she was acting very, you know, weird, and so somehow they got the two out of her, and then the one went into the lodge. She's alive. Bro, <laughs> I can see it on Logan's face. I think we're right. She's, a, she's alive, it, but I think we're right. She's Here's alive. The thing. Yep. I can tell you uh, for real. I don't know. I don't know that that's true. That's really? something I haven't thought about. Fuck. I mean, that's something really interesting to think about. Um, I need to go back and rewatch the entirety of the first part of this this series. And fire. I mean, I just need to watch Fire Walk with me and see if there's any hints towards that. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, that's. Uh, see, the thing is, there are two of Laura in the lodge. Um, there's. Uh, we oh. see her good self, and we see her doppelganger. Um, True. That which is different work. from Cooper, because, uh, because I mean, we see both of him in there, but then. His his doppelganger leaves. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I I think you're. I think you might be thinking like about the right kinds of things. I I can't say for sure if that's you know the the key to it all. But yeah, I think you're thinking about the right kinds of things here. And if you keep formulating theories like that, then you'll you'll make your own meaning. Also, the thing is like with Lynch, there there is no like one correct meaning that you'd yeah. be like this is what this is what it all meant. So if that's like. If you get to the end of, you know, Firewalk with me, the end of the return, and you're like, this is what it means to me, then that's, like, perfect. And, like, go yeah. with that. You because, know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm thinking back to the episode three, because that's not this, that's a that's this Laura. That's the real Laura talking to to Cooper, whispering mm-hmm. in his ear. That's not this Because she had the same creeper. dream. Yeah, she had the same dream said who as killed Cooper. Her. Said who killed her. 
Uh, maybe it doesn't work. I don't know. I don't know. I need I don't to. Know. I, I need to put it under a little more stress to to see if it actually works. But I think it's a good idea. I yeah. think I like the idea at least. It's a cool theory. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, we have scorched engine oil. It's it, so remind me. Was this the smell that Leland smelled when he killed the dude? What, what's the connection there? Right. There's I think it's the Bob the sm- smell. It's the right. It's the Bob smell basically. But it, so it is what smell. Leland smelled, right? Wasn't that a thing? No, it's the smell that Maddie smelled before Leland killed him. Or killed her. Okay. Right? But she, she came downstairs and she said, Uncle Leland smells like something's burning. And also Jacoby oh. had smelled it when Leland attacked him. That's right? it. Talked that's what, when Leland attacked Jacoby, that's what Jacoby yep. smelled. Here's a and, question I have. And now we know from Ronette, because Ronette freaks out when she smells mm-hmm. it. Um, oh, obvious PTSD. She yeah. came back! Remember I was she asking came what back. the hell happened to Ronette? She's back. It's fantastic. It's it's obviously just like Lynch. Like he's just restoring the connection to these earlier stories. I love that. that like yeah, ha- have he, been that's lost. what you had to do. Like yeah. like I said that like Laura's like I said in the last episode that Laura was gonna come back. It's because you have to. You have to have yeah. Laura come back in this episode in some way. Right. Laura is the one. Laura is the one. You know the log lady says that all the time. Laura is the one, and like. So she has to be back, and Ronette is back, that makes sense, and even Heidi is back, and, you know, you make the log lady a focal point. It's just, all of it, like, really makes sense. I have a quick question while we're, I, I don't know if you're trying to go through this Red Room sequence in any in any type of order, but I, I just, I, yeah, that's up to you. Where can I pause at this? We haven't even gotten to the Red Room yet. We have. Um, okay. Is this something, you could, let's wait, let's wait, how about that? Okay. Uh, let's just get there, cause yeah, let's get yeah, there. Not a whole lot happens. There's a scene with Wyndham and Annie. Um, Amazing. He, he says he enjoys her fear, uh, and he drags her into the circle, and she sort of gets hypnotized. Her eyes cross, uh, and then he, they both enter the curtains together. Beautiful, um, fucking beautiful scene. Uh, yeah, amazing imagery, but nothing, nothing too spectacular about the scene. I, I like both of their performances for sure. Yeah, but not too noteworthy in Heather Graham in is the grand actress. scheme of this whole episode. So. Um, Cooper and Truman come into the woods. We, yeah, really interesting moment, but Cooper says that he has to go on alone. Uh, and we don't know it at that point, but that's the last time that Truman and Cooper are ever together. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's something that I'm wondering. Just I wonder if they will at least explain what happened. I mean, maybe they'll just have Truman die in between the, seri- the seasons. Yeah. Like... I don't know, because I mean, like, like there has to be some explanation within the show. It's dealt with. It is okay. okay. Yeah, it's dealt that with. Makes me well. so sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, this is a. I mean, like on on rewatch, this scene is just it's heartbreaking. And then Truman waits, you know, all night for him, and the Cooper that comes out is not even the real Cooper. Thank um, God they didn't fucking Rise of Skywalker this shit. <laughs> What do you mean? With Leia. Oh. Carrie Fisher. With uh, oh Michael Ankeen. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, any opportunity okay. I have to shit on the Rise of Skywalker, I like to do, take the opportunity to. <laughs> any opportunity. To point. Yeah. So, so we enter, right? So we're in the Red Room now, right? Yep, and we got the Sycamore Trees song. Yeah. The beautiful. I didn't. I, I was yeah. hoping. I, I didn't know if we get another musical number, but I'm glad we did. I lo- you know. I loved all the the scenes at the bar, and now we get one of these. This was haunting. And from here on out, I mean, this whole episode is a fucking. 
I mean, it's a dream. I mean, that you know, it's it's kind of cliche to say that about Twin Peaks, but man, like you just feel like you, I, I could, I just could not take my. It was a nightmare. It was a dream, and it was a nightmare at times. It really was. It's both time. at it's different both. times. It starts off more dreamlike, and and see, we no, are once to me, again it always felt like a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. This this whole thing had such an eerie vibe from the from the from the word jump. It does. It does have an eerie vibe. But I, it, there was a sense of like nostalgia. Like, okay, we're back. Okay, little man. Okay, I'm getting reacclimated with this. And then we get the waiting room. We all these familiar faces. Oh, I was giant. pumped, but I was like, this is this is not gonna go well. Oh yeah. It's just, yeah. To me, it's just it's always amazing when we get here. Just we see the red curtains. We see the black and white chevron floors. We see the little man dancing again to the sycamore trees music. And it's just it's so incredible to see all of this in in. In all its glory, I just think it's so amazing to see, to see the entire room again, see this imagery, just this guy dancing. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 almost nightmarish, but it's also, yeah, it's it's very welcoming and familiar too in some ways. And I think the song as well very much walks that line, just brilliantly performed uh, by Jimmy Scott. And it's a very, you know, it, it, it's a very kind of welcoming musical number, but it also, it's also a little, it's eerie. It's a little bit threatening and, and foreboding. Yeah. Yeah. What's great about the Red Room, the beginning of the Red Room sequence here is like, we know what's coming. Like we know we, we are in the waiting room, if you know what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. we are there with Cooper. We know that we are waiting for the shoe to drop within the red room and that's why i'm saying it always felt like a nightmare like even though like yes it was kind of a pretty song whatever um we're seeing all these this nostalgic imagery we know that shit's gonna hit the fan soon so like it's just i was the entire time just waiting for that shoe to drop yeah Mm -hmm. let's talk about the last the last time we have to talk about outside the red room until the the bathroom sequence but um uh uh truman is so after where a commercial break is supposed to be, which obviously we didn't have to deal with because I was watching it on my DVD and you guys were watching it on Netflix, so Hell yeah. no commercial breaks. But um, after this, we see Ronette's bridge again, um, oh. the bridge that Ronette yes. was, was walking on. Just Powerful another brilliant image. way to tie it all back to the beginning. Very circular uh, storytelling kind of thing. And um, yeah, Truman is still waiting there in the morning. We got a sort of funny, sort of sad scene with Andy... Um, oh, sad. Not not funny. Sad. Yeah, he just just keeps asking Truman, "Do you want do you want a dinner? Do you want pie? Do you want coffee?" And he just, you know what? I I think the the most heartbreaking stuff, the most heartbreaking part of this is like I've always considered pie to be sort of the representation of love. I think it's a I think that's a nice metaphor. You know, pie is love in this world. Um, people love Norma's pies. Norma's Miss Twin Peaks. Norma basically embodies Twin Peaks, and she she just creates love. Um, and there's also a, a kind of poetic balance, and you know, the eating 
eating pie and drinking coffee, you know, as I did at, during this episode. Mm-hmm. I had my I had my coffee, black as a black as midnight on a moonless night, and and of course my cherry pie um, that I was eating just completed the experience. But yeah, I think uh, I think I think that pie does represent love in some ways, and so I think it's uh, I think it's interesting that he's. You know, he doesn't respond to that one. That's the last question Andy asks, and he doesn't say yes. It just cuts away, and I think it's really sad that now... You know, I think part of the pain of that interaction, of what he says, or actually what he doesn't say, is that he's lost Josie. He's still dealing with that. They don't have Mm -hmm. to say it anymore, Mm -hmm. which I'm very happy about. They don't have to keep reminding us of that plot. Um, It's unspoken, but that pain is still there, and now I think he knows at this point that he's lost Cooper. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe not completely, but I, I think he knows, or he's he at least knows that there's a very good chance of Cooper not coming back out, or at the yep. very least not coming back out in the same person. Yeah, and because because Cooper told Truman that like I saw Bob when Josie died, I feel yeah. like you can take that of him sitting there as like him realizing like I have lost everyone that I'm cl- I've been close to to this person, yep. to this entity. So yep. yeah, yeah. So yeah, very very sad scene. But and um, God, I love Andy. Oh, he's so yeah. Good. He was, he's just trying to Andy. be. He's just trying to be a nice friend and just oh, so heartbreaking. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Last we see of Andy for now. For now. For now. Um. So thank God. Let's talk about the red room sequence. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, we've talked about it without talking about it. We have very much so, but just uh. I mean, I almost just want to, like, go through this plot summary again and talk about some of these things. Is that is that cool with you guys? Like, yeah, sure. We're, yeah, already, we're almost an hour in, but this is going to be a long one, and it deserves this much discussion yes, about it. So. it does. All right, so, uh, you know, when he first enters, uh, the little man from another place is saying, when you see me again, it won't be me. Uh, he tells Cooper he's in the waiting room and that some of Cooper's friends are here. Now... The waiting room thing always confused me, because um, I was thinking, okay, is this not the Black Lodge? Is this just a waiting room to the Black Lodge? I feel like it is the Black Lodge. It I don't know. How Lodge, did you guys yeah. interpret that line? So I, I'm slightly confused because the Black Lodge, as it was discussed by Wyndham Earl, you know, was this place of terrible, terrible evil, where these evil spirits well, yeah. lay. But I, you know, I assume the giant was a good person. He was helping Cooper at every step of his way he was warning him about Annie Blackburn's death you know I think that's why the, the the that's what I think that's why the giant was always just in the waiting room so you think this is not the black lodge this is some... I think it is the black lodge but it's the waiting room of the black lodge like once he leaves the waiting room is when all the shit hits the fan and he you don't see the actual man from another place or the giant again that's true yeah cuz i guess his, i guess you know, Cooper's in the show so own. far, they've been basically the most, like, benevolent yeah. um, spirits. spirits. Yeah. You know, they're helping him, basically. Um, and, yeah, I guess... So, So the first room he's in is the waiting room. And then he goes into the, the Black Lodge proper. And Because all the stuff that Hawk has said before about your shadow self and confronting it with imperfect courage and having your soul utterly annihilated, all of that matches up with where they are now. And he was talking about the Black Lodge there, so... I do feel like this sequence takes place in the Black Lodge. Um, but the waiting room thing did throw me off a little bit. I think it's just uh, very simple. It is what it says it is. It's the waiting room to the Black Lodge. Yeah. It's just mm. that one room. 
you know, yeah. not the whole complex, but yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, Laura walks in, snaps her fingers, and tells Cooper she will see him again in 25 years. Hell right? yes. And that's how it actually times out, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. W- which um, is great. Ends- 26 years, I think, 26, to the release, right? right? This, but yeah, if you take when on- they were shooting, I think they shot it in 2016. Yeah, uh, this is televised in 1991. Yeah, no, I I think they were like shooting and producing this thing over like four years. I'm pretty sure, and there were a lot of, I think there were a lot of like start? corporate snags with Showtime, and there were like, yeah. some just random delays and stuff. But didn't they want it to release in 2016? Yeah, 25 years is you know sort of what they wanted. But yeah, I believe Fire Walk with Me was was 1992. So it was. You oh. can consider that. You can consider, consider that, that your year buffer. Sure. Yeah. yeah. 25 years after, yeah, Firewalk. Let's just me. say that's what it is. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, no, but, Laura, um, Laura says that. I, Laura's entrance is great because we hear the clicking of her heels before we see her. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh, and it's Laura. Fantastic. Oh, did she click her heels? Well, no, just the her sound of her footsteps. Oh, okay. I just because I know little man David clicks Lynch. His heels. Yeah, because yeah, that reminds me of Dorothy because uh, yeah. David Lynch loves Wizard of Oz and there's a lot of references to Wizard Judy of Oz Garland. throughout his work. Yeah, yeah, lots Judy of Garland. references at all times. There's, there's a, I mean, all of Wild at Heart is a reference to Wizard of Oz, mm. but and of um, course there's the, there's the infamous uh, Ben Horn waking up from his Civil War dream. Oh God, yeah, the yeah. Wizard of Oz is everywhere in his work, but yeah. Um, no, and then yeah, she with, says, meanwhile, and she strikes that pose. Yeah, okay, yeah. so let's talk about Laura. So I think yeah. that the 25 years later can play into our theory, Matt, that maybe that's Laura, um, and maybe she's trapped in there for a specific amount of time. Yeah, um, I mean, she says, I will see you later. So, you know, we, we know that we see Laura, you know, in the Black yeah. Lodge in the return, and maybe she gets out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we, yeah, we, we're, I mean, I'm sure Cheryl Lee is in the return. I don't I'm think sure it's a spoiler to say that she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, well yeah, we, and we, we see. Do, well, be, so like, Cooper's dream in, the, in season one when he's an old man. Mm-hmm. You know, is that you know the return? Then you know, is that him twenty five years in the future? But that, but in that dream, Shirley Laura Palmer told him who his killer was, which we already saw happen. I, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's it'll be interesting to see how Lynch plays with it, but yeah, I think I think at this point, like it, it could still make sense that like twenty five years later, maybe the real Laura Palmer will get out of the Black Lodge. Yeah, no, I agree. But she strikes the pose, which I thought was mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know what that's gonna be. I don't know, but it, it was beautiful looking and just kind of maybe a, we'll a get the answer image. in Firewalk with me. Get away yeah. from the one to ones. Get away from. I wonder what that pose means. Yeah, some of it. Yeah. Some of it has meaning. Some of it you just gotta be, accept it and be like, "This is weird because it creates atmosphere." No, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of it is so just it just mood. adds to the experience. You know, when Lynch um, Lynch describes his films as like basically their own language, and so he has ideas and he puts them on screen, and then people want him to sort of translate his ideas into words. Um, he wants to translate the film into the into words, but the way he sees it, what he's already put on the screen is already the purest form of that. Mm-hmm. And translating it into words yeah, no. wouldn't, wouldn't help anything, which I yeah. think I love that way that he describes it and the way that he sort of thinks about mystery and explanation. It's a little frustrating sometimes because part of me is like, yeah, but I want you to tell me what this stuff means. But 
know, at the same time, I, I partially don't want that. And so, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's important that some things are, you just gotta kind of take it for weird imagery that it, it feeds central ideas, but not everything is going to have a specific meaning. Agreed. You know? Yeah, I don't need I don't need Lynch to tell me, but it's still fun to speculate it myself. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, I, don't I mean, want that, Lynch that, to I feel like me. that's what we're going to be doing a lot. You know, this is this yeah. is speculation amongst ourselves, and it's a Twin Peaks yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> of course, that's what <laughs> okay. we do. That's what we do here. But yes, there's there's a pose, mm-hmm. and then then does she disappear after that? What happens after this? I think she does. She may disappear. Uh, then does she get the glossy is, eyes there? This is no, not yet. Uh, this okay. is when the waiter appears. Um, okay. And as we said, he. He makes the whooping noise and he says "Hallelujah," uh, and the the little man says it too. I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's uh, I have a theory about it, sort of that we'll get to with the return. But um, oh. yeah, no, I I can't I can't say anything about that now. But I I sort of have a theory. Um, well, you know, not to read it too much, but I I feel like it's you know they've been benevolent spirits that kind of been guiding Cooper along this way. Now Cooper has found his way there. You know that mm-hmm. that's what it feels like to me. Like all right, you know, Their we as the done. spirits have kind of done our job. <laughs> yeah. Here's some coffee, and yeah, right. He give, gives him the coffee, and it's changing speed. Or it's changing uh, viscosity there, and you know we find out that the giant and the waiter are one and the same. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Pretty great. I I just I like that confirmation. We've sort of, you know, we kind of knew before, but it's it's nice to have the confirmation every once in a while. Yeah. Um. The uh, then uh, the man from another place says, "Wow, Bob, wow." Which, if you remember, a couple episodes back, uh, we had a moment where Pete entered the room and he said, "Wow, we Bob." Yep. And mm. this is what it made me think of. But you know, "Wow, Bob, wow." Very simple palindrome. Then he says, "Firewalk with me." Um. And then from which here, I hope there's much. I hope there's some some explanation to what Firewalk with Me means. I don't need it exactly, but I want to hear it like I want to hear it in context in Firewalk with Me to just to try to formulate what I think Firewalk with Me means. Well, we've heard it as part of the poem that the One Armed Man. Says. Oh, is that what it comes uh, from? One Armed Man. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's so me, long ago. I don't remember that. To me, it just seems like you know, Fire Bob. The evil that walks with you, the evil within you, evil you know, within your you, shadow that walks self, with the evil you. within the world. Yeah. I, I, oh, it's a lovely, ambiguous phrase. I love it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I like that, um, Matt. Then Cooper leaves the waiting room. Um, yes, and he goes into a hallway. And the first thing I noticed, uh, this is the first time I've noticed this, but there is a statue in the hallways uh, of a naked woman mm-hmm. with no arms. And in the rooms themselves, you know, behind the couches, there there are statues of presumably the same naked woman covering I think it's herself, the same statue. covering herself up with her arms. Oh, really? It's not covering, the same so statue. So it's slightly oh. different. Hmm. Um, I don't know what the what's your interpretation of that? Like in the in the room, she's covering herself up. In the hallway, she has no arms. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it just used to differentiate the two the two areas. Yeah, you know, the, it's the, pretty interesting. The hallway being like some sort of in between between these two, I don't know realms. Like you know, yeah. I, and that shot of him walking through the hallway is one of like fifty five in this episode because we get it so many times and it's so brilliant. Yeah, but you know, yeah, I mean, a lot of this just seems pretty much the same. You know, it seems like. He's just kind of walking in and out of rooms, and and that's you know, what makes it eerie. 
Yeah, if it weren't so goddamn well done, it would feel, you know, really boring and, and just repetitive, but... I think it doesn't come across that and, way. At and all. Lynch, what he does so well in this sequence is that he cants the the camera a little bit so that we're never on steady ground. Yeah. So even if it's just a tiny like even if it's just a tiny like two or three degree angle tilt, you can like as an audience, even if you don't process that mentally, you subconsciously process that we are not on even footing here. And he gets it I mean he he puts the camera in the corner so many times in this episode, but I feel like it's the most effective here in the in the in the Black Lodge. And yeah, not Whenever, whenever a director can'ts the camera, and I mean, you can do it for so many different reasons. I think things like this, where it's almost subconscious, is where it's most effective. Yeah. Uh, speaking of subconscious things, um, what did you guys notice about the music in in the Black Lodge? Here, there's a there's a specific thing I I, I want to get at, but the bass line that you hear the whole way is played backwards. Is it? Oh. Gives it such a cool effect. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. hard to notice, but it, it slaps. I and it also establishes a super eerie mood, and, and it doesn't really like it's really in the background for most of the time. Which I Definitely. like. Which like this is which just you know reaffirms this as being a great scene because it's not like the music is the only thing holding this the, this whole dream sequence up. It, like it is a perfect conjunction of. Uh, the, the, the music and the imagery and what is actually going on because everything just works together so well. Yeah, and this is this is my point that I've made a couple times on a couple different shows that, like, I didn't notice the music, which means it was good. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I... Like, I should be subconsciously listening to the music, not consciously listening to the music. And if it never pulled me out and if it just kept the mood to where it needed to be, that means it was perfect. Yeah. That's fair. I do notice that stuff because I specifically yeah, listen for it a lot yeah. more. But yeah, yeah. No, I think it's. Uh, I think it does a really good job establishing mood in this scene. Um, I've also only next... watched the episode once, so <laughs> yeah, ten minutes exactly. ago. Well, yeah, hour now. Uh, next thing is sort of uh, yeah. So the doppelganger of the little man says uh, wrong way. Yeah, I think he comes. Cooper tries to come back to the waiting room, and, it's and the man from another place says wrong way. Um, and so he turns back, um, uh, the, the man from another place doppelganger introduces Madeline Ferguson's doppelganger as another friend. And she says, watch out for my cousin. And that, um, and that's in the other room. Yeah. Cause he walks there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, it's all over the place. Oh, I'm trying to figure man. out the specific rooms isn't super worth it, but, yeah. um, watch out for my cousin. Yeah. You know, that seems like so eerie. I, oh. I mean, that's, yep. you know, similar to what she has said before when she was alive, you know, how people used to tell, couldn't, wasn't, weren't able to tell them apart. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, kind of the, the fact that Laura sort of had two personalities that people felt like she had two sides to her and we always talked about her leading like a double yes. life. Yes. Yes. There are literally two of her. Yeah. Um, we talked about that so many times. Yeah. Yeah. There are literally two yeah. of her. And you know, I think it's an interesting idea that there are there's like two of everyone. Um in, and and that's know, a and, great metaphor just for right, real life. Like Cooper Cooper has his doppelganger when he goes in. He has his shadow self. From the way that Hawk talks about it, everyone who goes in has a shadow self there. And I guess with Laura, they were both sort of in the outside world at, at different times. And I would say with with Leland, too. You know, there were times that Leland was Leland. There were times that Leland was Bob. Yeah, because um, I want to talk about Leland when yeah, we get we there. Will, we will. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's a... 
it, yeah. and again, it, even if it, again things don't have to be literal all the time with Lynch, yeah. but I think just in metaphor, just the fact that of him saying like we are like it's that classic line. It's like the classic Batman line from uh, I forget what Batman movie it is, but he says we're all two people: one we live in daylight, and one we live in shadow. Yeah. You know, and that there's a reason that the, those the doppelganger stories have a punch. It's because it gets at something like true about the human experience is that we are different people at different times. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's such a, and I think it's such a palpable idea because everyone sort of feels that in some way, everyone, or even if they don't know that they feel it, they fear it. Um, yeah. Mm. So they, they and, fear and, what they don't know about themselves or what they're so effective. Of. And it's yeah. all over in Lynch's work. This Mulholland yeah. drive in the influences yeah. vertigo persona you know it, it's everywhere yeah yeah so the next thing that happens i mean speaking of doppelgangers and alter, alternate selves we have laura in the same pose that she left us in last time and Except she says meanwhile and then she starts screaming like wild one oh, of the most yeah, famous she has those eyes oh my god here, right just one of the yeah, most no, famous she's screens not the only person. in tv or in in cinema a she's lot not of the only person to get the milky episode. eyes though at, at some point though right Someone else what? had the milky eyes at some point too, right? Oh, they all do. Cooper's doppelganger yeah. does. The, yeah. the man from another place's doppelganger does. Leland's doppelganger does. I'm yeah. pretty sure even Maddie's doppelganger, but we don't really see her up close. Yeah. And Caroline for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Caroline, I, that was the other person that really stuck out to me. Yeah. Yeah. You Actually, know, I don't know if we see Annie's eyes like that. I think Annie's shadow self might be Caroline, which is kind of weird. I don't. I don't. Know. <sighs> I don't know. I need you to know, rewatch I'm, it. Yeah. Whereas I, I criticized the, the the strobe effect at the end of the last episode, I think it works Brilliant. so well here, paired with the screaming. Oh my god, it's terrifying! And, and yep. the screaming played backwards, you know, is, is what it is. It's fucking yeah. it's so scary. Just fi- filmmaking wise, this this is just Lynch at his best. He's just pulling out all of his tricks. It's gold. Yeah, it's gold. No, I really feel, I really feel like the. The return is not 18 hours of this, but in the sense that it's Lynch at his best, I think it's Lynch evolved in some ways. And then it's that Lynch at his best for 18 I, hours. I, I respect the return. I, I respect Lynch for making the return just in general because he was over 70 and having Red Room to Dream, like, it almost killed him making the return. Yeah. Like, the return took so much out of him. So, I, I mean, I respect him just for making it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. It's it's really amazing when you talk about his work. Um, let's go. Uh, oh yeah, uh, now Cooper is wounded. He goes into another room and he, and then he sees blood on himself. Yeah, that was so weird. Follows so the good, bloody though. trail back, sees himself and Caroline on the ground, and Caroline then turns into <sighs> Annie. Um, Caroline stabbed in the aorta. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, yeah like we talked, like like Earl mentioned in our last episode. Yeah, and this happens before Earl stabs Cooper, but it seems like it's almost the exact same wound, or he just has, you know, the mirror, the Caroline's wound mirrored in himself, yeah. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about Wyndham Earl, this amazing sequence that happens. Wyndham Earl steals, he says he's going to steal Cooper's soul. Yeah. And he does, he stabs him in the way that he stabs everyone, apparently. Um, Because remember when we had the... um, the Cooper lookalike who was played by um, Kyle McLaughlin's His brother. brother. Yeah, yeah he was stabbed right in that same way with the yeah the thing the nice. knife up like up under his ribs. 
He stabs Cooper in that way, which is a great touch. And then... And Bob then reverses Bob that up. shit. <laughs> Bob, yeah, and Matt, this is something that you nailed a, a couple episodes ago. You said um, that you thought that there was going to be something, some confrontation in the Black Lodge where uh, Earl was going to get there and then he was going to, you know, be taken over by Bob. Like, he couldn't yes. handle it. And I think this is hands down one of the best things about this episode, uh, about this sequence, really. And it's I think the reason why I love Wyndham Earl so much is that, and why I was sort of willing to deal with the rest of season two, you know, when I look at the big picture, is that this moment makes it all worth it. And I think you perfectly pinpointed why it's so amazing. We have Leo. Leo's kind of, you know, Leo's set up to be a big bad guy in Twin Peaks. Wyndham comes in, totally dominates Leo. Leo, you know, he's completely, um, he's basically just a slave to Wyndham. And then Wyndham enters the lodge. He he thinks he's the shit. He thinks he's got everything figured out. And Bob just completely takes it back. I think it's also Lynch saying, this is always what it has been about. You know, Bob Bob has always been in control. You stupid writers for these last 11 episodes while I wasn't here. (laughs) Bob will continue to be in control. And that is, I love this moment. It's so, like, it's almost cathartic in some ways to see... Wyndham Earl being just completely just just yeah just entirely he's utterly annihilated he confronts the he confronts the Black Lodge with imperfect courage and his soul is utterly annihilated Mm, I think it's such an amazing moment yeah so is Um, this soul does Bob take his soul that's what happens right because I believe yeah yeah takes it annihilates it basically yeah yeah see I like this moment and I like I like how everything comes together with Caroline and Annie and, and Cooper. I like the way that plays together. It, and, and don't take this as me knocking this episode. Take this as me knocking the rest of the season. This doesn't make it worth it for me with Wyndham Earl. Like, like Like, to have this moment, which was a great moment, but it, 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 this isn't where that storyline was going. This was David Lynch going like, that was a shit storyline, and I'm just gonna work it into this nightmare fuel that I have in in the red room, like, or in the black lodge. Like, for me, it, it this is what I'm saying. Where like th- this was a completely different show when David Lynch wasn't involved for these eleven episodes and like eleven or twelve episodes, whatever it was. Like, I I feel like, and again, this this is a knock on the rest of the series that like the Wyndham Earl stuff did not feel like it was leading here. And I'm so glad that David Lynch took the shitty storyline of Wyndham Earl and at least made it a decent moment here in his nightmare. I think that the, that Bob taking Wyndham's soul is kind of... I mean, it's kind of the male bomb of this storyline. You know? it's uh, It sort of it's makes you think, like, what was it all for? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think instead of devaluing the rest of... Uh, you know, the rest of this Wyndham Earl plot, which actually, for the most part, I enjoy. I hate a lot of the side plots in season two, but I'm always really entertained by Wyndham Earl. See, um, looking back on it now, knowing this is the payoff, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I know. For me, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, you know, instead of devaluing it, it just shows how powerful Bob is, and it just brings it back to him in, in, a, in a really cool way, I think. I, I think it does. And visually, 
the shot of that fire column shooting out of the mm. top of his head. Amazing. And the screams from Bob. Oh, God. Haunting. Oh, it's just terror. terror. It sounds like a lion growling. Oh. And and Cooper's doppelganger and Bob laughing together. Oh, what a, what a haunting shot. Yeah, we see the shadow kind of from behind the curtain and the doppelganger come out. Wait, yeah. so... Wait, so how? So, so at this moment, the doppelganger comes out. Wait, but but how is that? Because, wait, does Bob then take Cooper's soul? Because he reverses the soul taking. <laughs> so why does the doppelganger appear now? <laughs> I feel like Bob just gener- generates the doppelganger of, of Cooper, who is controlled by Bob, and then that is the person that leaves. I just figured I think that- that's right. Yeah. yeah, I just figured oh, that it would happen either. Like, oh my god, I, I can't believe I didn't put I think, this together. I before. think when someone enters the lodge, Bob creates a doppelganger immediately. Okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was Leland. like Leland. Okay. Leland yeah. has been his doppelganger the entire time. If you th- if you think about it this way, and again, I don't, Logan, you can tell me whether or not this is even addressed in the return. Leland says all the way back in the beginning of this season, like when I was a little boy, I was like near this lake or whatever, and I went to this place with this man this old man maybe to Bob maybe to little Leland Bob is an old man to him he has gray hair maybe Bob led Leland into the Black Lodge and Leland is there in the Black Lodge still like all grown up and the doppelganger has been out hanging out doing you know all the things that Leland does throughout the show yeah but the person the person we see here is bad bad Leland right doppelganger yeah we see the doppelganger of Leland uh, here because he has the he has the white icy eyes, um, and he says something interesting. He says, "I did not I kill, didn't kill anyone." That's what I want to yeah. talk about. Yeah, so talk about what that because I have my own ideas, but I want to hear your. No, I want to hear your idea because I have no idea. Okay, here's my thought. To me, what this means, what what it means to to see that Leland's doppelganger did not kill anybody is that that means that it had to have been the real Leland who killed Laura who killed Maddie who who killed Teresa Banks who killed who tried to kill Ronette who tried to kill Donna which I think is I don't but know what, but, I no it's no. not because in yeah. the, we get the mirror scene with Leland we yeah, do yeah no yeah, this so, is what so I think I don't it, understand yeah. Yeah. This this Matt. is what I think about it then. I think I think that that you know that's through Leland through the shadow self of Leland Bob trying to say hey I didn't kill anybody you guys are evil in of yourself you know like like you know, yeah, I, I I think you we know, might I, be taking it a little too literally yeah like like you know maybe I I add some evil here or something but like I you know I I th- there's darkness in all of you is what is what I think of it I think what, the what way I, I interpret like maybe the, I only draw out that darkness you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The way I interpret uh, the Bob visit to Leland, and I think, I think something this episode doesn't do super well is it it, it sort of muddies the waters um, in terms of you know people being possessed by Bob versus like people just having doppelgangers. Um, yeah, which is you know I, like I'm okay if I don't understand the rules, but if you already set something up, please stick with the rules. Uh, this is giving me Prometheus syndrome here. There you um, go. But. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. I The way I interpret... I don't think that Bob took Leland into the Black Lodge. I think that that was a... I think it's just a possibility. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's obviously... And the only reason I say that is because of what Leland said. Yeah. So what's your... I don't know. What do you take away from this this line? Here? So I, I definitely agree with you that this models a lot. Um, and what's tough is because we know that... I think we might be getting a little too literal in, in a lot sure. of this stuff. I think I think David Lynch, if he heard this conversation, would be like, no, you guys aren't... You guys, this is not what you should be talking about. Um, I think what, what Lynch is really getting at here is that, like, as we said about before, like, everyone has, you know, this darker side to them. And I think what we're supposed to take out of the doppelganger of Cooper getting out at the end is that sometimes it's hard for the, you know, sometimes the darkness takes over. Exactly. And I think that that's exactly what, what, what Lynch was getting at there is that like, even, even if Cooper is stuck in the black lodge, the real Cooper, and we just have this doppelganger, I think actually, I'm going to put it this way. This, I think this clears it up. There are always two spirits in one person. Mm -hmm. And I think this, I think I'm going to take back my Laura Palmer theory. Um, it's just, yes, Cooper, I think, I think the Black Lodge itself is just a spiritual, spiritual plane. It's not a real place. It, it just exists within people. So, like, Leland's body is dead. Laura's body is dead. But their, their good spirit is still there in the Black Lodge. And Cooper is there at the end. That is Cooper's body. But the Black, but, like, the, the doppelganger, the evil side of Cooper has taken over. So maybe, I mean, I again, maybe this will all get muddled with the return, which I hope it doesn't, because now that I'm thinking about it, I think this is the cleanest answer um, in terms of, like, n not in the terms of, like, oh, everything has to make sense, just in terms of having any meaning whatsoever. Um, I think, yeah, I think that, I think that Lynch likes people talking about, you know, his sure. work. And as long as we don't try to say, this is once and for all the definitive thing, yeah. this is exactly what he meant. Um, I think he's he's definitely I, from from what I've heard in interviews, uh, he likes the idea that people come away from his movies with dif with different things, and then they talk about it. You know, like we're doing right now. Um, yeah, which I which I think is really cool. Which this whole There's podcast a, has been. <laughs> yes, yes. Th I mean, that's Raw that's reactions. the point of this podcast. Um, but this is, I feel like this is as good a time as as I need to bring this up. But Lynch hates explaining his work, and I think mm -hmm. he he feels that it is a real violation of his work as an artist. Um, and to, to evidence this, there's, there's a story about, you know, he, he did a particular interview. Um, I believe it was called Lynch on Lynch. I don't remember who was interviewing him or, or when this was, but this was, um, I think this is on the fire walk with me, Blu-ray. I think I saw is that. it excerpts okay. from an interview with Lynch from Lynch on Lynch. Uh, a 1997 book edited by filmmaker and writer Chris Rodley. Okay. Yep, that's him. The story goes that after that interview, um, he had explained so much about his work and felt so violated that he then checked himself into a rape trauma center. Um, wow. That's because a that's how, that's how he feels about his work, that when he has to explain stuff... Um, that's not ooh, the yeah. same. I'm sorry, dude. That's not the same. I'm sorry. But what that tells you about his psyche his perception yeah. of yeah of you know what it yeah, means it tells to you explain. he's a little delusional like come to on, explain that's... his work 
No. I think it makes sense. I mean, to explain... I get, I get It's not the, the like, same thing, but, but the, thing, the psychological but effect that it sure. has on him is the same. And Maybe. I think that's a really... Yes. I think yes. that's a really interesting uh, anecdote that demonstrates that and when, when it comes to him, you know... Mm. I just, I don't, that doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, it doesn't sit well with me either, but uh, but I do understand that, like, okay, in his mind, that's how highly he upholds his art, and, and, you know, and, no, not, yeah. and not revealing too much about it. I get yeah. the, I get the corollary. Yeah, yeah. I get the corollary, but I'm saying that, no. Um, but yeah, I'm also yeah, yeah, saying yeah, that's it, not okay. That's definitely not okay. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, but sure. No, I know, because he explained a lot of Lost Highway... I, I know that he explained a lot of Lost Highway in the '90s, and he says that he regrets that now. I mean, he even mentioned that in the in the book, in yeah. in uh, Room to Dream. He mentions what he thought that um, Lost Highway was about, and he said that he regretted ever putting that out into existence. But now that it is, he might as well talk about it. Right. Mm. Yeah, but it it's really interesting to see how he how he views explanation. You know, it it I think he feels that it kills his work, kind of, and like you've said with his his regret about explaining um, Lost Highway, I think it, it kills the mystery in in his mind explaining things. But Which, and again, it, it just frames the movie. It doesn't explain the movie. It just frames the movie, what he said course. about it. Which I won't talk about until we talk about Lost Highway. I'm sure we will at some point on this podcast. Yeah, yeah we will at some point. But yeah, I think it's a... Uh, I don't know. This is turning into a little bit of broader of a discussion about... Which you know, is fine, I think. What it means to explain... Lynch's work, yeah. which is, is, it's a very hard thing to do, but I think it's, I, I think it, it's up to every person to take some kind yeah. of interpretation out of it, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, there, there will never be a purer interpretation that we can give than the film itself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and I do feel good now that I've gotten to the point where I think that every person has their one body... And then there's just two spirits. I think that's a clean yeah. explanation. Yeah, that, yeah, that that makes sense. That works yeah. within the universe, right? And, and you know, that's yours. And I'll, I I mm-hmm. buy into that uh, in on some level. Um, yeah. And again, yeah. I don't know if the return, you know, undoes this, and we'll actually see the two Coopers standing next to each other in real life. That it mm-hmm. could, but I'm just saying for the original series, it works. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean. Yeah, it's just a lot of this is is, is uh, just sort of symbolism. What I what I dislike about you know little Nicky, where it's just like he has he is maybe the devil, and with Lana, yeah. where it's like maybe she has super attraction superpowers. Um, She's like a it siren. Gets, it yeah. gets away a little bit from the open interpretation that we get. Um, you know, right after Leland dies, the conversation is Bob just the evil that men do. I love that. I love that. Yeah, you can yep. layer these supernatural elements on top of it. But up until that point in season two, this is just a story about abuse, and mm-hmm. you know, you can buy into the fact that he was possessed by a spirit, or you can just, you know, you can just take this. The spirit is yeah right. You can just take this horrifying story about a man raping and murdering his own daughter after years and years of sexual abuse, and I think Ugh. it's. In some, you know, it's very impactful to have both of those, and so I think a lot of a lot of what this work comes down to is is framing, um, in a lot of ways, like the duality of human nature, like you were talking about, Ryan, yep. and and you know, in a very uh, fantastical and dreamlike story, which I think is what makes it so amazing. And I think the themes when we get to the return are going to be a little bit harder to to parse like that, but I th- they're absolutely still there. Um, okay, and there's still a lot to think about, but. Let's just get to get through this stuff. Um, 
uh, we have the two Coopers. Um, they're just they're both running around. It gets very intense. Um, the second Cooper overtakes the first and leaves the red room, uh, and then yeah. Bob laughs at the camera. Um, yeah, and then, at the camera, creepy. Yep. Yeah, eerie. Yep. I was. So, it's like a fisheye lens, sort of. I don't know if that's the right term, but I th- I felt like it. Like his nose was very large up in the screen, and his. I think yeah. it was. He was yeah. like right there with us. Ugh. 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 Again, the which and again, the, this is this is what I'm saying before about the fisheye lens, which I hate in the Tree of Life. That I think <laughs> if if it is used here, if that is what they used here, works because it it is supposed to it is supposed to disturb you, disturb you and pull you out of it. It is supposed to like make you feel uneasy. In the Tree of Life, it's just like look at all this that we can fit into an angle. <laughs> like here, it's like no, this is a a demon type thing. Like laughing at you in your face it's supposed this to look thing, weird. seeing that seeing him so up close and so huge was like oh god such a horrifying yeah, it experience. is yeah. yeah i mean i think but, of life uses it effectively to establish the wide-eyed wonder of childhood but yes that is a whole other story <laughs> but you know maybe yeah, maybe I, I will have that just be my ctp pick like i want uh, you to honestly. i really want to see this movie um, I, the thing is, I don't want to get ganged up on again. Like, I have to have Logan <laughs> like this movie or Brendan. Like, it's going to be so rough if it's just me against everyone. <laughs> and hey, maybe I'll like it on second viewing. I am going into the second viewing with an open mind. I think the worst... This is totally a sidebar just to talk about CTP a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which is our flagship show here on the Cinema Talk Podcast... Or here on the Twisted Mug Media Network, where we do long-form movie reviews uh, every week on Monday. Um but we are doing a, a round of host picks soon, and I don't think we've actually... Well, I'm sure by now we've announced it Yeah. Um, on the network. We're recording this probably three weeks maybe before we uh, actually yeah. release this episode, so we're, it's, it's a little... We might be in the middle of the picks. That that review might be out by now. Yeah, yeah. Right, but the, the theme of, of this round of picks is unpopular opinions, so if you like a movie that everyone else hates or if you hate a movie that everyone else likes, uh, you can pick that, and so... Yeah, um, I think everyone else is doing movies that they hate that everyone else likes. So I want to no, be Brendan's different. Doing I want to pick opposite. a movie. Oh yeah, True. Brendan is doing the opposite. So I, I want to be positive. My I issue with it I is like. I I have a movie in mind, but I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, oh. I know what yours is. I don't you know want to watch is. it again because then that the means that I have to watch it. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. Well, mine is it's the hard thing to do there. Yep. Uh, part of me wants to pick Fantastic because I liked that in theaters. Garbage oh, movie. Man. But <laughs> well, hopefully by now you actually that. know what we're reviewing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. sidebar. Continuing our theme of numbers in movie titles. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So seven in Fantastic. Yep. Um, all right. Well, now we are out of the lodge. Um, Truman comes up to the the circle of trees and he sees. Um, Cooper lying there, and he doesn't know, I guess, which Cooper it is at this point. Um, but, yeah, then we have uh, Annie, also, who's got blood all over her face. Um, who's fucked up, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Poor Annie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Poor Annie. But how is Annie? <sighs> She's dead. Floyd, I mean, yeah. You look like you're the- about to say something. The, the 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 episode ends with Bob mocking us, mocking hmm. everyone. You know, you know she might be alive for the time being, or maybe she dies. Right, as Bob state. says that. Like Bob knows more than what Mister Hayward says when he says she's fine, she's recovering. No, yeah, 
she she's dead. You know, either she is a husk of herself, or you know, she will die then or in the next couple of days. I don't think she's dead. I think she's a husk of herself. That's what I'm going to take yeah. it as. Okay. I mean, um, yeah, dead or dying. I don't think she's dead. Like she's. I mean, yeah, obviously she's at least well enough for Doctor Hayward to say that she's okay. Um, but also, I mean, Josie was okay. Josie was a healthy human being, and she just died because Bob got a hold of her. Yeah. Josie not in the Black Lodge. Hmm. No. Yeah. It's interesting. interesting. Which, um, I mean, it's it's fair because David Lynch was probably like, ah, I don't need that shit character there. Let's talk about Josie when we get to Firewalk with me. I think we'll talk about her. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think think that'll be a good time to talk about it. Okay. Um, Yeah. So we'll put a pin in that for now. But uh, Cooper wakes up. Cooper wakes up in the Great Northern and he says, I wasn't sleeping. And we're like, all right, buddy. Yes, you were. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think he was. Really? Ooh. Do you think he oh, was just no, awake that whole time? Oh, yeah. Fuck, that's wow. scary. Yeah. But he stands up and he says, I need to brush my teeth. Ooh. And he has, I don't know if you guys could tell, he has a totally different voice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lachlan definitely changed his too. voice. Yeah. I, he's, I, I, yeah, I was amazed at how the acting... Kyle McLaughlin when he was doing so the doppelganger. Good. The shadow self inside the Black Lodge was amazing. And once he stands up from the bed, immediate discomfort it, throughout my entire body. I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it's absolutely insane. And then he says he, he says he needs to brush his teeth. This at first seems like just a really weird thing that, like, he's using it as an excuse to check himself in the mirror or something. Or, you know, it's it just a like weird the thing. the ending of Psycho to me. There's in so many ways, <laughs> in 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 a in a great way. Yeah, just like way. the the other personality has taken over. You the, know, um, the it's I like think the there is a, scene. I think there is definitely an importance to this though, and it's something that I've only thought about recently. And it's one of the reasons why I love Twin Peaks is that I can I keep thinking about it and I keep yep. thinking of new things and I keep realizing new ways that I love this show. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason it's my favorite series of all time. Um, and just, okay, we've talked a lot about, or we've heard a lot more more like uh, about Bob's, sti- uh, Bob's smile. Um, and we know a lot about, about his smile. Um, and he, you know, we have, we have Mike saying uh, that when he saw, you know, when he saw his smile or something like that, we have people talking about Bob's smile. Um, it, it's a haunting smile, too. We see it right up close in the camera. Mm. And of course, of course his thought when he enters a new vessel is, I need to brush my teeth. I need to make my smile as great as possible. Mm. I need to perfect the the teeth of this vessel that I'm in. And mm. it's such a small little thing, but it's it's so clearly connected. It's so clear to me now that it's connected, and that's the reason why he's saying that. It's just... Uh, Oh wow! I I love. I love realizing more things about this show, you know. And I think there are always going to be things like that that I'm going to realize. Wait, he wasn't just saying that he had to brush his teeth to be weird. He was saying he had to brush his teeth because there is a deep and terrifying significance to that, you know. Mm, that's very well said. I didn't even think of that. Although it seems he has no interest in brushing his teeth as he squirts the toothpaste all over the sink. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he picks it up in the sink. Uh, I, that for sure was definitely 
big mood creator right there and super eerie. Um, yeah. and, and all the while, you know, you can kind of just – like you know what's coming. You know the camera's going to turn. You know you're going to see someone in the mirror, probably Bob. But for that for – you know, the first couple seconds of this scene, you just see like the top of Cooper's head and you're just like, okay – I'm waiting. You know, we we've seen the Leland scenes. We've seen Bob in the reflection. It's terrifying. We listened to the Log Lady intro. Mm-hmm. You know, she talks about the reflection, seeing the reflection. We see, you know, the the reflection of the of, of the red room and the puddle of the water near the sycamore trees. I love this theme that's going on. Yeah, and yeah, then we and get I was this. Right. I was close. I was just I was right, but I was just off on the time that Cooper yep. was going to get uh, possessed by Bob. Yeah, but your idea was right, and I think it's. So effective that, you know, the entire series, uh, Agent Cooper has been just the prime example of good. He is just, he is the ultimate good force in this show. And to see him finally possessed by the, this evil entity that, that we know has done so many horrible things and we will see do so many horrible things in Firewalk with me. It's, it's terrifying to now watch this man. What I think is great, what I think is the only redeeming quality of the Wyndham Earl storyline now is maybe when Bob was there with Leland. And this is, again, just me positing onto the show. Maybe when Bob was there with Leland dying with Cooper, he didn't have enough strength to go right into Cooper, so he mm. brought back Wyndham Earl to get Cooper to the Black Lodge to take over yeah. Cooper. Interesting. Mm. And again, I, I'm sure that that will never be explained in The Return. Because I mean, that look, would be too literal of an answer. But, like, right. if you want to make any excuse for the Wyndham Earl storyline. Yeah. And, and that's certainly, you know, that's certainly Wyndham Earl's uh, purpose. Purpose within, within the show, yeah. Right, within the, the yeah. meta context of the show. He's introduced so that he can eventually take Cooper to the Black Lodge so that Cooper can, um, you know, get possessed. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I that's a that's a cool way of thinking about it, that Bob Bob had a hand in... You know, bringing Wyndham back, maybe breaking him out of his, you know, asylum or something, and yeah, hmm, that's like really that. interesting to think about. And yeah. of course, we get this absolutely iconic mirror smash shot, just so amazing. How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? <laughs> you guys haven't haven't seen this shot before. Please tell me. Please tell me. No, no. Before. I, I, know, had I had seen not. the smile. I had seen <sighs> the smile before. You had seen it. Okay, so I had seen images from the finale. You know, I think I had seen uh, Laura screaming, but not the and... mirror shot. I had not seen. I had Thank no okay. idea that this episode was going to end this way. I figured yep. this. You know, I didn't know since, that this was the ending. No. No. Yeah, it feels remarkably short. I you was know, I so I, worried that you want that one or both of you guys would see this this image and have it spoiled. But yeah, no, it's. Uh, oh, I no, no I had seen the image. Yeah. yeah, that's too bad. But what what I what I had seen was just a, a, a still frame of a cracked mirror and just Cooper smiling. Okay. So like. So you didn't know it was Bob necessarily. No, right? I didn't know it was Bob. I didn't know it was Bob. I just yeah. knew that it was Cooper looking wacko. Yeah. Ooh. And he certainly Gosh, does. I, but but Floyd, I don't know about you, but I was just flabbergasted when the credits started to roll. I had no idea it was going to end this way. Yeah, no, I cannot 
this is not a satisfying ending this show like just just saying like in terms of like this is a satisfying ending to a season of a show but this is not this is not an ending oh if we would have never gotten the return or firewalk with me i mean what do you you need something else yeah Yeah, absolutely like it would feel like again this is a brilliant episode if this was the end, I don't. I would think I would have been like David Lynch. Like you made a really interesting piece of work, but it doesn't feel like a an ending. Like hmm. in in all of his other works that I've seen, I haven't finished in Inland Empire, and I haven't seen Fire Walk with Me. In every other one of his works, which again, this is very similar to same st- same style. There is an ending. Like there is a finality, at least to something. Like in here, there is nothing of that. Yeah, I mean, obviously none of us were around, um, you know, during the original run of the show, and none of us, none of us really had much knowledge of Twin Peaks before, you know, the return was out, or in my case, you know, I knew that the return was happening, so mm-hmm. I was watching this with the sense that, you know, oh, this isn't really the end, but yeah, yeah, I mean, 90s audiences were frustrated with this, they were really so because there's nothing, you know... There had never been anything like this, and there had never been such a... I mean, think about all the ways that Twin Peaks just completely, like, blew all other TV out of the water with, you know, in in every way. It's just, it's so vastly different from anything else that had ever been shown um, on network television, and really, like, in general. Um, And, like, yeah, I I would be shocked if I were in the 90s and, and... you know, I knew that this was a conclusion. I think, although, I don't know, I, I think now I would be equipped to handle this as a finale. I think this would make no, sense. No, it doesn't work Even without finale. the return? To me, yeah. I mean, just from my from my perspective right now, post-return, I feel like, I'd, I feel like I'm equipped to handle this. Um, Post-return? Yeah, or, I don't know, just... Just from the perspective I have now, from, like, the understanding of, that I have at this point of the way that Lynch works, um, the way that he Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, every other every other one of his works that I've seen, like, Eraserhead has a definitive ending. Elephant I Man, which is, is, is separate from everything else. Like, Blue Velvet, which is the closest, uh, similar, you know, parallel to Twin Peaks, has a very definitive ending. Like, even Lost Highway, which is out there and wacky and definitely the most, like inaccessible of his works has a like a narrative ending but i think this is an ending is it it's a cliffhanger no it's not it's a cliffhanger yeah like, like but, i, but I, I was think really if expecting... you view it as an ending it can be effective i don't know i, I mean it's only a cliffhanger because we know that there's more after this but it, it, i don't and know it's a cliffhanger because I... we knew there was supposed to be more after this like this was a canceled show yeah but they knew that they knew at that point that it was going to be canceled yeah i don't know i think that I think this show functions okay as two seasons. Like, I I would still love the show to death, and I would yeah, still call the episode the best of the series, but but I would be furious that I didn't get more. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like, even, like, lucky again, for us, we drive. do get more. Lucky for us, we do. There's an like, ending. So, yeah. all right, so we talked about, with most of these side plots, we talked about what you guys are expecting to see in the return, if you're expecting to see the, the plots return. Let's talk about Cooper. What are your expectations? Um. Well, this certainly ended different than I thought it would. You know, as I said, you know, I, I thought 
that we would see Annie die on screen and that Cooper would leave the town or at least imply that he would leave the town heartbroken and, you know, not wanting to return. But, I mean, this ends with him as the shadow self, him being possessed as Bob. I guess the 25 years in the Twin Peaks timeline, he still remains possessed? You know, I... I I, I really, I, I don't know. I, I will say, I, I know some things about Cooper's character in season three. I I, I would say I've seen images, um, but I, I don't really know what they mean. But I have, you know, some idea, you know, something of what's going on with this character. Not really, though. I, I've just seen images. But but I just, you know, I, I guess season three will start off and he'll still be possessed he will have left i mean i I just i'm really interested to see how david lynch uh, you know picks up the threads here because i mean cooper has always been the driving force of this series the good of cooper and and if we don't have that for the beginning of season three or all of season three i mean i you know i don't i I don't know how the show's gonna gonna work you know without without I mean, unless Cooper possessed Cooper is the main character, you know, I I really don't know. You know, I I I don't know where this is gonna go. Yeah, I know small details because of reading Room to Dream. Uh, I don't think there's anything in that that I would consider a spoiler. Um, but yeah, I I know small things about the return. I know certain characters. I know certain people cer- play certain characters. I know, you know, those kind of things. But in terms of the storyline for Cooper, I know nothing. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that we're going to go too long without the actual Agent Dale Cooper in this show. I don't think we're going to go too long. I mean, like, Lynch knows that McLaughlin's the star. Lynch knows that Cooper is the character that people come back to. I think that, um, I think it's possible that my theory goes out the window and that we see both Coopers there, um, on screen together or doing different things, um. I also think it's possible that um, by the time we come back, maybe Cooper, maybe partway through the return, Cooper goes, you know, gets out of the Black Lodge because of the 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 dream with Lara saying like who her killer was, like twenty five years later. Maybe, maybe the connection there is like by the t- like Cooper gets out of the Black Lodge after those twenty five years of sitting in that chair with Lara. Um, you know, may- maybe it has something to do with that, but. I mean, I again, I know some things out of context, so I, I know certain things, yeah, I, I, there's one thing that I know that I don't think, it, it is somewhat connected to Cooper, but it's not really a Cooper spoiler, um, a, a scene that um, someone talked about in, in Room to Dream, is talked about shooting, um, but yeah, again, that's all I'm gonna say, so... Uh, everything that I've said so far about, like, the other characters and stuff, I know nothing about. But, yeah, I mean, just, just I know a few basic things about Cooper, which I'm very excited to see, like, actually how it works within the return. Yeah, I, I a- have no idea. I just, I just want to say, like, I just, mm-hmm. you know, with, with Cooper's relations to the other characters, I mean, all his friends in the town now, he, you know, are they going to see through his disguise? I mean, he just smashed his head into a window. You know, are 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 yeah. they gonna? Is he? Are they gonna be like, get the hell out of the town? What's wrong with you? Are they gonna be like, no, you need help? Is he gonna only, kill people? I don't like. I don't, I don't know. know. The only image I've seen of Cooper from season three is the the banner on Letterboxd of like a uh, like a dark jacket with longer slicked back hair sitting and looks like sure. the Double R Diner. That's the only image I've seen of Cooper besides mm-hmm. the poster. Like the, he's on the posters for for season yeah. three. 
Mm-hmm. It's sort of, yeah, some of it is sort of hard to ignore, especially, I mean, you know, three years old at this point, and, I mean, yeah, with all of the, like, Emmy to... buzz it got, and, like, yeah, all the Yeah, you can't say, thing. like, oh, spoiler alert for a show that came out three years ago. It's like, oh, yeah, you're watching through Game of Thrones right now? Like, yes, you're gonna know some spoilers from not watching well, it when it came out. In general, that's true, yeah, but you're with gonna this get something... show... With this show specifically, though, it's sort of... I mean, it's part of I know. The, the premise. It's part of the draw of the show that you guys know. don't know everything. I'm just but. saying, like, the osmosis. You are going to get yeah. some basic things by osmosis. Cultural sure. but again, osmosis. And yeah. again, and again, I know nothing of the storyline. Yeah. I just... I know a couple different things, which I can I can tell you once we get to the return what things yeah. I knew going in. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I would like to keep it that way. I don't want to... I, I don't even want to see any more images. I... I yeah. I mean, I'm just going in, no idea what to expect. Yeah. Well, I do. I, I, I'm, I'm just curious. I might, I might just to have this perspective. If Matt's going to go in completely blind, is there a trailer to the return? Um, like, I'm sure there was a trailer. I don't know. Actually, I'm sure there. I'm sure there are like. I'm sure there is a trailer. And and if Matt's going to go in completely blind from now on, now that we're done with this podcast, I maybe. I'll watch, and after I watch Firewalk with me and do that podcast, maybe I'll watch the trailer before we go. You'll watch the trailer? Oh, sir. Oh, I am staying far away from the trailer. I don't even want to know what it looks like. I want to go in, like, (laughs) completely surprised. Yeah. No, the best best advice I can give is just go in blind, no expectations. You know, but that's that's fine, but I also do enjoy watching trailers. There are, like, two specific casting things that I want you to go in blind with. Like, when you see... Uh, Yeah, but I definitely know him. You might know one. We've had this conversation about it before. I mean, it's it's so much of In Room to Dream. I mean, even if I wouldn't have seen it before when we had an argument about me seeing it. Damn. Like, it was In Room to Dream. I know neither. I know one of them. I I know it has to be one of them that you're talking about. There's a, yeah. No, there's there's a couple just great things that... uh, I, I can't... I cannot wait to talk about, um... The return, but before then, uh, in a couple weeks, we're going to be talking about the secret diary of Laura Palmer, and then we're going to move into Fire Walk with Me. Uh, then we are revisiting the pilot, and we're going to talk about the international ending, and also um, just revisit the the dream sequence from episode two. Weren't then, we doing uh, the missing pieces before that? Oh yeah, the missing pieces right after Fire Walk with Me. Sorry, okay. I'm wrong about that. Uh, mm. Yeah, so secret diary. Firewalk with me, missing pieces, uh, pilot revisited, and then I believe Mulholland Drive, and then we will then be Mulholland getting Drive, into Mulholland Drive, and then episode one of the Return. Oh God, we got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, and I am I'm really excited to get into this. Um, I'm and we so should, we happy should say we why we're doing Mulholland Drive though. We should explain yeah. probably why yeah. we're doing Mulholland Drive. Sure, Logan, if you want to go ahead. You don't. Oh, okay. I'll explain. The reason why we're doing Mulholland Drive is that it was initially conceived as. Uh, a spin-off show oh, of Twin yeah, Peaks with yeah. Audrey going to Hollywood. So that I is thought why you meant a doing... reason beyond just the fact that we reviewed it on CTP and now we want to talk about it again. Well, there's oh. there's that, but also yeah. because because it was Peaks supposed connection. to be a yeah the Twin Peaks connection yeah. and and because it came out between Firewalk with Me and The Return and it was yeah. supposed to be a spin-off show. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that would be pretty interesting to talk about awesome. from that lens. And a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. So much to talk about. Very excited. Yeah. So much. I think I, I, uh, I can't believe we've made it. We we have made it. It's we've been an it. incredible two seasons. Uh, Jesus. Uh, 
And I think that just about does us for this episode. Um, would one <laughs> of you like does. to talk about all of our other incredible shows on this feed, on the Twisted Bug Media Network? Ryan, go uh, for it. Yeah, so we have the Cinema Talk podcast, which is our flagship show, where we uh, talk about movies and long discussions, full spoilers. We have uh, the CTP Movie Journal, which is mainly me and Matt, where we do shorter form uh, movie reviews in our top 10s and top 25s lists. Uh, we also have the Octo Island podcast, which is our Star Wars podcast. Currently, we are going through the Clone Wars series. Me and Matt have been on those shows. Uh, we have Stop Wait What, which is our comedy invi- uh, comedy ad- improv advice show, which uh, you can go and check out. We also have Twisted Mug Be- uh, Twisted Mug Mysteries, which is we. It's such a problem that we have TMM for two yeah. for our network and a show. It, it messes up, us up constantly. Twisted Mug Twisted Mysteries Mug- on the Twisted Bug Media Network. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, we have Twisted Mug Mysteries, which is Brendan's show about all things spooky and occult. And then we also have I Might Play That, which is our video game review podcast. Yes, and as always, we are on social media. We are at Twisted Mug Media on Instagram and Twitter. Please hit us up there. Give us a follow. Give us a like. And please, please, please uh, hit us up. Contact us. Uh, you know, we, we have made it through all of Season 1 and all of Season 2. We know what it has been two years if by chance there's any of you out there who are listening to this episode who listened to the very first episode of back in style you know either when that aired or you know you're just kind of going back and revisiting old episodes now uh definitely hit us up you know this is this is this is a milestone you know uh for us we we have completed the original twin peaks run this is this is big so um, you know, we love to hear if you enjoyed this, and you could do that by DMing us on those platforms or by emailing us at twistedmugmedia uh, twisted at gmail.com. And please uh, give us a good rating on iTunes. Leave us a good review there. Uh, be greatly, greatly appreciated. Yeah, Absolutely. we would love to hear from you, whatever you have to say. Uh, also, Ryan mentioned Letterboxd just a little bit ago, and I think this should be, uh, become part of our, our, our regular plugs here. On uh, on the network, we have uh, the Cinema Talk Podcast letterbox. You can just find us at Cinema Talk Podcast, um, and of course, we all have our individual podcast, uh, mine or individual letterbox accounts. Not podcast. it's almost two a.m. It's okay. It, <laughs> oh, it sure is. Uh, you can find me uh, Logan Emmert E M M E R T. Uh, you can find me at Matt Monroy M A T M O N R O Y, and mine is just Ryan Floyd. Pretty, pretty, simple. pretty simple there. Yep. So uh, check us out there. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, you know, everything Matt just said and, and check out our other shows. Thank you so much for listening. It has been an incredible journey. And, uh, oh, it has. Onward and upward. Onward and upward, my friends. Of course. Um, I guess we'll see you next time. I'm Logan. I'm Matthew. I'm Ryan. We'll see you again in 25 years. Wait, shoot. I mean two weeks. Just two weeks. Only two weeks. It's fine. We'll see you next time. See you guys. Peace. Hello. I'll see you again in 20 Javier's me no I'll